0: of (laughs) so like the total amount of wrestling I watched this weekend was fucking it's like Wrestlemania weekend has become astronomical like it's an insane amount of like just WWE content first of all which we'll talk about obviously because that's what we're talking about but like just the other stuff too that like there's a ring of honor card that had a a tag team match that I wanted to see it had some like Mm. like the Briscoes were fighting FDR that was interesting and then like there's an NXT super card on Saturday afternoon which is like WWE's developmental brand had Okay. Like their thing on Saturday afternoon. so I'm like, that's two extra three hour shows. That was six hours on top of eight hours of WrestleMania <laughs> plus three hours of Raw on Monday <laughs> and two hours of SmackDown on Friday night. Like, I watched, oh, I like, damn. I mean, I just had it on streaming. I was like watching it because yeah, yeah. it's commercials anyway, but you know. Do you have to have a streaming service for it up here? Like, is it on Brave or whatever? Or? I bought the Sportsnet. Uh, WWE network package for the oh, okay. past month or whatever. Just like uh, basically from Rumble till now, I'll probably cancel it now because like I just like watching Mania and then I'm kinda done for the year. Like I'll I might pick it back up for SummerSlam. Maybe. Anyways, let's get into it. Welcome back listeners to Dance Robot Dance. This is the 297th episode of our weekly podcast where we discuss all things geeky nerdy from a decidedly not safe point of view. I am Tim going to be hosting this episode that I am uniquely unqualified host coming to you from toronto ontario with me i've got my partner in crime mark coming from st catherine what's
1: up everybody i don't know it's just been a pretty pretty
0: boring week i guess overall it's been pretty quiet yeah so boring as far as you know there being like fucking war going on in the world and shit goes boring in our spheres yes Yeah. yeah there's always something happening in other spheres but like we don't want to talk about that so no it's depressing it is i mean there were there were parts of what we watched this week that was kind of depressing to watch as well so we'll get into that later (laughs) there were parts of what we watch every week that are also always almost depressing so every the whole thing we watched last week was pretty fucking depressing i mean that was yeah that made me lose possibly more faith in humanity than the war in ukraine uh yeah they feel about even to me right now honestly (laughs) in terms of like who should be tried with war crimes and whatnot. Anyways, I'll leave that <laughs> where it is. Uh, let's get into this week's nerdy news. A lot of Star Trek news this week. So as Star Trek Picard is winding towards the end of its second season, the third season is apparently already totally in the can. Yeah, they shot it at the same time. Oh, did they? They shot the Yeah. Okay. Yep. And we got a teaser trailer for the third and final season of Picard, which is, Highlighted that basically the entire sort of bridge crew of the Enterprise D slash E is going to be returning. So that old Jonathan Frakes, Marina Surtis, LeVar Burton, Michael Thorne, Jason Fadden, Marina Surtis, and Brent Spiner are all going to be back. That's very exciting. So will Wheaton. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's already, he's chilling hard as it is doing those after show things. Yeah, he's doing the ready room, right? Follow him on Facebook, so I see him like posted about doing it, but like I don't actually watch. I don't watch any of those after shows because like I can formulate my own take on something without being told what my take should be. Well, there's that, just the fact like it's such a pro like we rah rah these shows things that I'm I can't I can't yeah. stomach them either, right? So like uh, yeah, no, I I'm excited to see everybody come back. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna look like. Probably oh, they could bring Brent Spiner back again. It is dead. They've brought him back 19 (laughs) times already, though. He's come back back more than anybody else. He's, at this point, played more fucking roles in Star Trek than fucking Jeffrey Combs has, which is a crime (laughs) against humanity. Honestly, they've got Jeffrey Combs. He should be, like, fucking everywhere. Nope. Brent Spiner, though. Brent Spiner. Yeah. Every time. Let's have him keep playing this character that, you know, is supposed to never age, but is definitely aging. (laughs) I think he's cloning himself at this point yeah I don't know what they're gonna do to bring him back I mean they they've got soons they can bring back. I'm assuming they want to bring data back somehow before's around like he still has to exist yeah. right after nemesis do you really <laughs> think that they want to fucking go back and reference nemesis they did in the last season didn't stop him from doing it in season one there anyways, yeah, I don't know I mean it'll be cool to see the gang back together. I just hope that it's not a shitty fucking send off for them right like that this you know the- <laughs> This isn't a situation where I just have to ignore this and go back to, like, what, the second Next Generation movie and be like, yep, yeah, there's nothing after this. These characters just don't show up again. Yep, after First Contact, it's over. They die in the war, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> yeah. maybe. You know what I mean? Like, they all yep. die in the Dominion War somehow. And Worf never mentions it. <laughs> <laughs> and and now the showrunner Terry Matalas has gone on to Twitter and said that these aren't just gonna be like cameos that the characters are actually gonna like fully come back and have, you know, like a feature role in the season kind of thing. So. Well yeah, because everybody expected it to be like, oh, they're probably like there for somebody's wedding or funeral or something like that. And they just kinda yeah. like walk through walk-ons and that's it. I'm curious to see what they do with Michael Thorne's makeup. Like are they gonna acknowledge that like the the fourth version of Klingons now and change yeah. them up? Or is he gonna yeah. look like Warf? What are you gonna do? They sort of explained that away in the in Discovery, right? Was that like there were all the different tribes of Klingons that all had their different, you know, brow ridges and everything. And there was, like, dwarf Klingons were part of that mix as well, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Where have the other ones been for so long now? This is true. I mean, there's still a lot of hand-waving there. Yeah. We also got a trailer, sort of full-on trailer, for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. That looked pretty good. You know, it's it's very much feeling like classic Trek, way more than fucking Discovery did, that's for sure. Uh, I am like 75% of the way through drawing my print already. Uh, nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a uh, fan art poster for Expansion World, Worlds. Basically, I'm hoping to have it ready for like the week it launches, basically. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm working on it. I'm literally drawing Spock. I'm literally drawing Spock right now. So, like as we speak, Spock's on my iPad getting worked on. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it looks good. Uh, I feel like Trojan Horse. I feel like they're doing it again. Because it does look good. And I'm like, oh man, what are they going to do to me this time? But, but at least in this case, we know that they can treat these characters pretty well because they already yeah. did on Discovery and and sort of give it that, you know, TOS, like OG fucking Star Trek deal. So that didn't mesh at all very well with Discovery. But, yeah. you know, if, they're, if they can cut ties with that well enough and just, you know, ignore its existence and just say, yes, this is. You know the the TOS Enterprise before Kirk gets there, and I, I like I said, I think it looks good. I think uh, Anson Mount as the lead is that you know that really helps me kind of along on that show compared to some mm-hmm. of the other leads that are happening right now. Like he seems to be like very engaged with the Trek audience in terms of like being a Trekkie ahead of yeah. time. So yeah, he's been posting all over Twitter about like just you know this feels like a dream kind of thing. Yeah, like, this is amazing. I can't believe this is happening to me. So very least his enthusiasm is there. So well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I've already got my poster started, which is not something that usually happens. Usually I'm like, "Oh, wait, oh, I should do that as I'm watching the show." But no, I'm like right ahead on the yep. on this one. So, there you go. And of course, Star Trek can't do something good without doing something garbage to cancel it. Star Trek is now also getting into NFTs apparently. Yeah, that's uh everybody's got an NFT now. <laughs> it's depressing, actually. So you can you can pay actual real life money to get digital Star Trek NFTs that you can then look at look look at. Yeah. That you definitely couldn't look at if you didn't give real human money for them. Oh, Crypto Bros, you know, um I haven't like just I have very little opinion on the NFT thing anymore. Like I'm not doing them. Stop asking me about them. I get a lot of requests do them kind of thing obviously my style kind of like behooves their bullshit so how about this you pay me money and i will give you a physical art well that's what i said i've told you i'm like hey man i got an idea why don't you commission me for like five grand and you can just have it and you can mint your own NFT, but then yeah. i'll give it to you. I, don't give I will fuck. give you the rights yeah exactly i will sign fucking right rights away. yeah absolutely nobody's taking me up on that offer oddly enough it's almost <laughs> like they're a scam that they're trying to rip me off of my time with it's almost like it's all fucking, you know, false, in, falsely inflated value and Mark and fucking ma- manufactured scarcity. And there's a, a much less scrupulous version of me who's probably cashed in on this in an alternate timeline somewhere. <laughs> I probably should look at it and just like cash in at this point. Everybody's fucking everybody. Star Trek Mirror Universe where, where Mark does have a beard. Yeah, yeah the beardless <laughs> mark, evil Mark in the alternate universe. Probably He's probably the Mark that didn't fuck his back up at 18 or something like that like he's a crypto bro so there you go ezra miller's been having some issues so (laughs) ezra miller got into some fights in hawaii at a bar karaoke bar i guess where they were like i don't know just got real inebriated and started a fight with some locals and i think got arrested over it and now there's like possibly restraining orders and shit like that happening and i mean this is not the first time that something like this has happened. And so Warner Brothers, apparently, you know, there are reports now saying that like, Warner Brothers are saying, maybe we need to not have this dude have a starring role in like, our, you know, major cash cow franchise kind of thing. So what you're saying is we need a flash who's better than Ezra. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. I'm done. I think the podcast is over. I think we can end the podcast right there with that one, right? Are we done? Is that bad enough that I can end the podcast? God save the king of New Orleans. <laughs> Seriously, those tip your waitresses. They're working hard. Is there another yeah. one good? Is that it?
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, there you go. Jesus. Ezra Miller's clearly going through some shit right now and had some stuff worked out. And if that means that they need to take a step back from the flash flashback, I don't hate as the Flash, I, I'm fine with them in that role, but you know, I, I obviously think that uh, if, if they're having this much trouble, sort of managing their personal life, then maybe it's time for a bit. Of- I did see some stories that like there were rumors he was tro- problematic on set too, um, being a little erratic. So I mean, that's on them at this point. They need to, you know, clean house, do what they got to do. Yeah. I mean, I what do they do with that movie? Like it's been delayed so many times. Apparently, it's done ish now. It's in the like, can. I mean, they, they've got to right? be in post on it now, right? Like, Well, that's like why they got delayed. Yeah, uh, Because of the, the effects pipeline was fucked up. That's why it got pushed back. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, maybe they push it back again, so like that people can distance them, themselves for this, market it around Keaton. It's not coming out for eight months. I think it's, it's yeah, their Christmas release right. now, right? Because it just got pushed back again, right? Cause, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the effects pipeline. We were just talking about it. Yeah. yeah, Black Adam just got pushed back till next year. And so... This, this was like a fall release I think or something like that now is a Christmas release so yeah. there is a real easy answer to this uh, you literally as a post credit scene he comes walking out of the portal looking like Grant Gustin and everybody's fucking happy <laughs> I would be good with that he looks in the mirror and he's like man that face is familiar and then like yeah. that's you're done and Grant's in fucking Flash 2 you know Grant's not going to fucking anything up because he's been doing this shit for 10 years already yeah. right you've got that invest, investment investment kind of like bringing the the crew from the enterprise like into the movies yeah. hopefully i mean maybe not but like you can hope, <laughs> uh hopefully yeah. the movies are better than those ones are like I'm sorry actually this. no the flash was the was one that got pushed back more than i was thinking it is next june now oh <laughs> well good the more distance the better from this nonsense and then they yeah. can recast them like i don't think you have a choice that at like at this point like that's got to you can't have that kind of nonsense happening, and you're like multi million dollar, billion dollar franchise. Yeah, it's it's got to be either, you know, they go into rehab or whatever and then come back and, you know, say, sorry, I was going through some shit. You know, I apologize yeah. for my behavior kind of thing, like really own it. Or they just fucking keep spiraling and, you know, and they, they really just have no choice but to let Ezra go. Mm hmm. I'd totally forgotten that this is happening, but that Nancy boys show that's, I guess like a American God spinoff is still happening. And casts Whoopi Goldberg as one of the lead characters as the God of birds. And I've not read any. Uh, I have. It's been a long time. Um, so like she wouldn't even do a, a, a starring role in Star Trek Picard, but she's going to do a starring role in this. I mean, she was in Picard for an episode. She did a cameo. She, she did a cameo. Yeah, yeah. Even the other, and I don't even understand why, because the other woman they brought in to play Guinan, they've used for one scene so far, and I'm like, what the fuck's is yeah. going on with that? Like, just the age. Whoopi? You think that that was Whoopi's decision? Like, I, Whoopi loved fucking playing Guinan. and I feel like yeah, if I they know. wanted Whoopi to do a feature role the whole season, she would have been all fucking for it. Would have been there with the bells on. I would have thought the same thing, given like how she interviewed about Star Trek in the past. But like, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Um she is busy obviously with, with The View but if she's doing a role on another show she's back on The View now she she was on a break from The View Tim I don't fucking there. watch The View I don't no, know or do I So like <laughs> I don't know good for her and good for Nancy boys look at Goldberg such a fucking academy award winning actress like she's great but like mm-hmm. it just feels weird you know anyway in theme park news that is also MCU news Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at EPCOT Center got a launch date, an opening date, which is the day before my birthday, May 27th. Not that I'm going to be anywhere near Orlando for my birthday this year, but there was a little uh, little commercial that they released, and I don't know. It looked like fun. It's, it's an indoor coaster with like cars that rotate and stuff, and it looks fun enough, but I don't know. We'll see how it ends up. And the last few bits are news that only Tim cares about. One, I got super excited this week because Ron Gilbert, the originator creator of the Monkey Island games for LucasArts back in the nineties, tweeted something on April Fool's Day saying, Hey guys, guess what? There's a new Monkey Island game coming and everybody's like, aha, April Fools. And then three days later on April 4th, he said, No, actually there is. Then he dropped the trailer being done with Terrible Toy Box, who developed Weed Park, which was an old school style adventure game that came out uh, about five years ago. Uh, Lucasfilm Games has their name on it because they still own the rights to that IP. And Devolver Digital is the other developer involved. Devolver's done some stuff I know. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. So, yeah, Ron Gilbert is going to be back. And I mean, he's basically got it made. It sounds like it's coming out later this year. And uh, bringing back the dude that voice the lead character in like the talkie games when they started coming out like the third game and beyond and then also did the voice of Guybrush 3 when they went back and did the special editions of the first two games. I am so excited. The trailer or teaser would look like fun it looks like they've got like a cool art style going on and I'm just pumped this is one of my favorite gaming franchises of all time so turn to Monkey Island coming later in 2022. I'm thrilled for you. I'm gonna make him play it though after I had to watch eight hours of fucking wrestling this week. Motherfucker, this is the first time I made you watch wrestling. This is the ninth <laughs> of these fucking games you've made me play through. I've never liked one of them. It so only it's gonna feels be very like exciting. It. It's gonna be extremely <laughs> exciting when we like roll into the fucking fall and this thing comes out and Tim's all excited to play it and I start playing it. And I'm just like <sighs> <laughs> And I ruin his fucking parade on the episode. He's gonna be like oh, I'm excited, this is great. And I'm gonna be like I'll just have to recruit one of my other no Tim Monk Allen loving friends to be on that We'll have to figure that one out. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, unless they do like a crazy fucking job of like updating it and like bringing it like making it feel like a game that I want to play in 2022, which mm-hmm. will probably alienate all of you guys like the actual hard course. So yeah. very last thing that I had was uh, DC comic news. Mark Russell is gonna be writing a Superman series called Superman Space Age, a three issue prestige format series. With art by Mike Allred, and that's what? a powerhouse team. Like, Mike Allred, like, yeah. Has he done like Big Two since like Ecstatics? When was the last time he did Big Two? I don't recall. It's been it's been a Holy fucking spell. Shit, yeah. yeah that's so a... the art sort of teaser art that they released for it looks great. Like his version of Soups looks pretty fucking fantastic. I mean, it, it's you know art heavy channeling Chris Reeves, and I, I have liked what. Mark Russell has been doing on DC so far, like he did a little like reissue issue series that was was part of that Future State event. It was Superman Lex like series set way in the future kind of thing. And there was also he wrote that uh, that Jimmy Olsen series that I think I plugged on the podcast uh, back when it was coming out like, last year as well. I'm just reading I'm reading the article about this and looking at the art and stuff this is fucking
1: cool yeah
0: oh yeah I'm gonna be on board for that I just I mean Mike Allred read interiors is like that's fucking bonkers like yeah seriously was the last thing you did like anything for uh Marvel or DC that's did you read nuts. the, the Superman Madman crossover in like the late 90s yeah, yeah I read all that yeah. stuff it was like 97 I used to buy fucking Madman back in the day because of Wizard Magazine that was one of those books that I picked up on the side because hmm. of the Wizard, like I used to read Batman. It was the last time he did, like, any.
1: Oh, yeah, he did do some of the
0: Batman 66 stuff. That's great. Right. His, his art style was perfect. Anyways, that was all I had. Did I miss anything, Mark? I didn't see anything super exciting to talk about this week aside from that. So, not sure. In our meat of the episode? Well, I mean, <laughs> that was kind of what up the bulk of like my bandwidth for the past week is like yeah. the wrestling stuff. I like, guess it's, it's a big weekend for that. So, all right, well we can move on to our geek of the week, which is the segment of our podcast where we discuss the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. Mark, what is your geek of the week? Well, the, with the exception of like watching like twenty five <laughs> fucking hours of wrestling, the director's cut of Star Trek: The Motion Picture was released properly yeah. on April fifth. I got the chance to sit down and watch it like that day, so that was cool. It looks great. Like, I've never seen that movie look that good. And that's probably the most watchable version of that movie, the director's cut. But, like, if you haven't seen the motion picture in a while, it's on Paramount Plus, apparently. I don't know if that transfers over to Crave. It's available out there, basically. I'm sure the Blu-ray's coming. But, uh, yeah, they did a really nice job of, like, a 4K restoration of the motion picture's director's cut. So all those effects have been upsampled to 4K. Um, they've done some cleanup, even further cleanup on the prints and stuff like that going in. I had a good time watching it. I like the motion picture though. In like kind of a, I just like the way the Enterprise feels on that in that movie. Like it never mm-hmm. feels quite that like real in any other piece of media. So, yeah, uh, I really enjoy the motion picture for that more than anything else. Yeah, it's super plotting, Like it's kind of a dull sit, but the director's cut is special. Yeah, I uh, know the director's cut's shorter actually. Technically, what was it? Oh, it's the I have the VHS copy, or like I had, I still have it somewhere. But like that, was, that's the. <laughs> version i'm most familiar with which was like yeah. a really extended cut kind of thing that i'd like here's half an hour where we just fly around the new enterprise yeah the abc cut the uh the vector's cuts a little bit more briskly paced or at least it feels better like the pacing's better anyway um it didn't feel like a three-hour long slog when i sat through it this week it felt like a two-hour kind of felt like a two-parter like you're just yeah. sitting there to watch basically it was just fine That's kind of what i want from it at that point I'm just, I'm there just to be on the Enterprise, right? Like, I'm not really there to like rewatch the story. I've seen this thing 3,000 times, but I just wanted to look at the print too, see what the transfer looked like. It looks great. So, if you haven't seen the motion picture in a while, I mean, I would keep credit, but I got something else to, I actually had shit going on to keep credit too this week. So, <laughs> I was thinking that that would be a good one, sort of next time that there's a lull and stuff coming out, like, because, yeah. And, you know, kind of like what we did with the Batman and Superman movies, is that would be a good franchise for us to go back and like, you know, do one episode on each of the, yeah, movies. Me- films, it's a good yeah. time to do it as they're coming out in 4K. Actually, that might be something we could do for next week. I was going to say maybe go back to Daredevil next week because Devil's Rain 6 came out, but like maybe we can do the motion picture next week and both yeah. of us watch that and take a look at it. Do some classic track before we go and review Picard in a couple weeks and like be angry about that. That's definitely like, we have to do that.
1: We Really? Yes, it's, uh, it's Picard.
0: <laughs> Especially since like we're going to, we are definitely going to want to review next year where they have the cast of TNG come back. I mean, they've got... I was thinking about it this week. They've got a cast member from all three of the major 90s shows now, like with Jerry being on the show still with Seven. So like Mm Worf's there as a Deep Space Nine character. They can fuck up all three franchises now if they want to. (laughs) Like it's completely within their power to do all three of those shows and just fuck them all up. They could fuck up all four. Like they could have some fucking ancestor of Perk or somebody like that show up on the fucking show and have it be, like, way too small world kind of thing, right? Discovery's already doing that shit. I mean, like, yeah. Michael Burnham's existence as Spock's, like, pseudo-sister that yeah, we've never heard of true. before already does that to TOS. This card's <laughs> doing it to the TNG era stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I guess there's that. I don't know, like I'm, like, I'm still excited to see all those old folks fucking roll up. You know what I mean? So, whatever. Limp their way back onto a bridge. I mean, they're all fucking older now than anybody... In the original cast, was in the motion picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, watching the motion picture now, I'm like, man, they look young. Look at these babies. Yeah, yeah. like Shatner and shit. like, man, he's, he's like 42. Yeah, look, Shatner's <laughs> not fully gray yet. He's still got some, he's got gray at the temples, but. He might still have some natural hair going there at yeah. that point. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we are in that one. I don't know. I had a good time rewatching it. It looks fucking awesome compared to like what it ever has looked like before. And it sounds really good too, the, the remix of the soundtrack. That's always Mm -hmm. something we don't really talk about when we do like these kind of bite-sized ones, but like the remixing that James Horner original soundtrack, Mm -hmm. which really helps like ease a next-gen kid into the original series stuff, is having the music be familiar. Like that was a big deal to me in those movies is like all the music kind of tying together helped Mm -hmm. me kind of get into the original series stuff with the movies. So (laughs) anyway, what what have you been up to this week? My geek of the week. I finished the main story and got 100 percent completion on Spider Man Miles Morales. So, Congratulations! Yes, it took me a bit. I mean, there is that couple months where I was, you know, away for like a week or more, kind of thing, and that really fucked up my gaming rhythm and, you know, the amount of free time that I have when I'm at home. But I you know, over the last like last weekend, especially like Friday and Saturday night, I just you know fucking sat down and just played until I was done. Uh, it was fun. I, it wasn't as tightly designed and plotted, I found, as the you know Spider-Man main game was. Yeah, the main game. Uh, there, there was a flashback instance play right at the end of the game that just fucking took all the wind out of the sails for the entire story for me, and I was just like, I was just just fucking let me get to the end. Like, I don't want to do this whole like walking around a fucking science center with. Finn oh yeah, and all that, that shit. drove me nuts. And then there was something where you had to like solve a puzzle in the middle of it. I'm like, can I just get back? I hate yeah anything in those Spider-Man games. And like people bitch about them too. But like the parts where you play as Miles or MJ in the Spider-Man game too. Yeah, all that instance play stuff. Don't take away my fucking Spider-Man powers in my Spider-Man game. All it does <laughs> is make those characters seem annoying to yeah. me. You know, so like yeah, they just, yeah. I'm just like, I'm this not is, here to walk around the science center yeah. and you know fucking hotwire doors with my friend who's now the villain who's just about to die like <laughs> spoilers <laughs> yeah none of this is super interesting to me at that point yeah, yeah. no I, I I agree with the end of that game like I had a blast playing it because like it, it's a Spider-Man game but it definitely feels like a big DLC pack basically like it just yeah. feels like you could have added it to the main game and it wouldn't yeah like the, the Venom powers and shit were fun to fuck around with and yeah. you know nice addition and I do still have shit I need to do like I haven't got all the trophies or any, like platinum or anything like that yeah probably won't go back and do the new game plus just yet, but I will probably try and get like as many of the trophies and, and collectibles and, and, you know, upgrades and shit as I can without doing the new game plus. So I'll I'll get, you know, probably another two or three hours at least out of it until I get all that shit done. I mean some of those are tricky, like the ones that are like land like a under hit combo or like do a whole base yeah. without getting detected and shit like that. And those yeah. are the things that I'm gonna have to, you know, grind at for a bit until I get them. I was like those. Those are fun. A couple of them I did. Like I think the no detection one I did like by accident. Sometimes yeah. I'll just get, I'll just get into it, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, sneaky, sneaky. I'm like, I love, I love the sneaky, sneaky. It makes you fucking yeah. laugh because at the end I'll be like, huh, oh, look at that. There's 26 guys in web cocoons around here. I didn't even land a punch. i will just hanging around and yeah. and nobody noticed. Yeah, <laughs> nobody saw a fucking thing. That's kind of cool. I mean, you yeah. leave, you're done. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stupid ball in the villains. Like you know, the AI yeah. is pretty good, yeah, but AI. like. Yeah, exactly, but it's you know, it's hard to believe that not one guy was like, Spider Man's here, like, because they, they you know, they say, Oh, Spider Man must be here. They never look up, No, Yeah, you would think that's the problem <laughs> is that they're not looking up, but I mean, if yeah. they did, it wouldn't be as much fun to play. So, yeah. what are you gonna do anyway? Anyways, like you said, it was fun. I definitely, you know, if you enjoyed Spider Man, I definitely would recommend you play through Miles Brown, too. cool. I mean, I can now recommend. You like my twelve-year-old nephew can go play the Batman games. because <laughs> uh, I gave him. Maybe, like his... I don't know what I'm going to end up playing next. We were we were talking about it. He's like I think he's twelve or thirteen now, and like they're they're very strict about like what he it like you oddly enough. Uh, my yeah. cousin has become weirdly strict about like what his kids watch and stuff, even though like he grew up basically watching the same shit I did all the time. <laughs> like, I don't want you to end up like me. I think that's probably what it is a little bit. <laughs> But they were, de- they were like, can we let him play? I'm like, we took him to see the Batman. He can hmm. totally play the Arkham games now. And he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, well, yeah, right? Like, a Batman movie was basically seven, just with no blood. Yeah. Right? So, like, if he can handle that, he can handle these Arkham games. They're designed for teenagers to play. He's almost a teenager. Just... Also, gives me something else to talk to the kid about. Because otherwise, it's like I have no fucking idea how to talk to a 12-year-old. Aside from, like, speaking about PlayStation, like, PlayStation is a common language I can talk to these kids about. Exactly. This is our common ground is video games. Yeah, which is cool. Superheroes. Like, well, it's kind of nice that we have that still with the kids. You know? So, yeah. as I get into my, like, we're in our 40s now. Like, we are, we are the enemy <sighs> to those You're kids mind. at this point. So <laughs> We're the man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. And with that, we can move on to our meat of the episode. Sweaty suplex sweat, meat. Big sweaty men slapping sweaty meat boys. <laughs> dropping dangles, boys. Oh, that's this is yeah. dropping sweaty dangles, boys. It's a little there's a little bit of bro culture that we can talk about here. Absolutely. For sure. So Mark subjected me to eight hours of WrestleMania 38. Wow, <laughs> subjected doesn't have an idea for the episode. I'm like, dude, I'm watching WrestleMania this weekend. So like if you want to subject yourself to it, that's an idea. And this, we've been talking for a while about, like, you know, let's have him watch some some wrestling, and and this is absolutely the it. biggest fucking show of the year to watch, too. Like, this is the the entry point of the year. I was like, well, you've been fucking bitching about wanting to watch wrestling, so like, <laughs> deep end, buddy. I, we we did. I did to you what we always do to each other when we do this bullshit: I threw <laughs> you directly into the deep end of the pool and expected That's you true. to swim. So this is true. So. Well, What was the last time you watched WWE? I was going to say, like, my history with wrestling in general and WWE in particular is spotty at best. Okay. Like, I I followed it a little bit in the 90s and sort of, you know, the Hogan Ultimate Warrior. Oh, oh, pre attitude era. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, early early 90s kind of thing. I guess that's like 80s going into the 90s. Yeah. Randy Savage, Rowdy Rowdy, Roddy Piper, all that shit. And, you know, because my friends were into it, you know, they had the, I never had, like, any of the figures or anything, like the ones that had the the hollow butts that you, like, put your fingers into or whatever and make them, you know, grasp each other. Yep. Yeah, I, I, so like, I would play with those with them, and, you know, I, I wouldn't really watch it much at home, but, like, it was one of those things that if I was at somebody else's house and it was on, watch it and get into it. So, and I mean, that was just huge in the fucking culture at that time, right, in the zeitgeist, so it was, weird, Toronto could be a fucking commercials and cartoons yeah. and WWE games and all that shit. Especially in Toronto at the time had a huge presence too. Like I was taken to house shows as a kid. Like my my mm-hmm. uncles and like my dad took me to. house. I remember going to see Hulk Hogan as a kid, like at, in Hamilton or in Toronto, like at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. So I remember I've been I've been going to live wrestling stuff since I was a kid. I didn't really really think about it until like this week because it was the last first time I actually bought in. Because I've been to WrestleMania before. WrestleMania 18 was in Toronto. Rock versus Hogan. I was in the building for that one. Nice. Um, so I've kind of... I've been, like, off and on, but, like, I always kind of have a knowledge of what's going on. I was a diehard during the Attitude Era. Like, I watched fucking everything uh, yeah. during the Stone Cold slash The Rock time. It's like late 90s, early 2000s kind of thing? M- more late 90s, basically. Yeah. By the time you hit, like, 2001, like, it's fucking over. <laughs> like it, okay. Everybody's kind of gone. Rocky's left. Austin's too hurt to really continue at that point. They kind of have a retirement match by 19. WrestleMania 19 and that's kind of the end for both of them like until this weekend actually because they were saying here that Stone Cold hadn't been back in 19 years or whatever yeah and this is WrestleMania 38 38, I believe yeah Yeah, so after that I fell away from it I never really got that that much back into WWF and later WWE kind of thing but in the late 90s early 2000s I did get kind of into ECW yeah uh, my, my buddy at the time adam who was a singer in our <coughs> band in high school he was really into it and had like all the those like some of those chs and D- dps and stuff like that for like compilations and you know yeah we had them too you know, it was it was like the highlight reel for Mona event or the mm-hmm. highlight reel for a certain certain rip wrestler kind of thing and so he lent a bunch of those to me because he was like trying to get me into it and i was like yeah these are pretty fun and it was like know it's that bonkers fucking ecw like anything goes shit yeah super smash mouth like insanity yeah yeah and fucking thumb packs and tables blood blood and... blood hits, and baby that's yeah. basically the ecw mantra so yeah fucking barbed wire all that kind of stuff yeah. and so like that i was like yeah i'm fucking you know late teens early 20s edgelord bullshit like, give Absolutely. me more of this kind of thing uh, but after that like fucking you know just really vague you know sort of general pop culture knowledge like recognizing yeah. names and you know could put a couple faces to a name but that's really it yeah uh, well I, I i mean i watched ECW as well we used to go to shows that was the kind of house shows that john and i would go to across the board they would happen in buffalo or new york or buffalo or niagara falls i should say new york is just the state so we would go over there and watch ECW house shows and stuff so i met like the dudleys and rhino and the dudleys and rvd made me buy them beers one night after the show <laughs> kind of thing because they were poor and john and i bought them beers because we love rvd and then so, we met sabu that night too like okay. the madman sabu jumped on us that night like into the crowd we were like close enough to the ring when they started doing the in the audience stuff we were like we were the ones getting jumped on basically nice. so like rvd and sabu almost killed us and then made us buy them beer after the show which was cool <laughs> what really caused me to fall off was the rock leaving and then the benoit thing so like that kind of turned me off watching it because i had followed him along was See, like, ben be- like i know i know who his friend was i don't yeah, know he was the wrestler in wcw who ended up in wwe he was a world champion at one point he beat Shawn michael's in triple h wrestlemania 20 to win the world title and then he m- murdered his wife and child and killed himself oh shit that yeah, guy right that. yeah so that was around when i like a lot of people were like defending him and like it turned into one of these like his art should still stand kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? WWE is never going to go for this. And I just felt kind of gross about the whole thing. And I hadn't watched or been that invested in anybody with the exception of Edge here and there on SmackDown at the time. Mm. I kind of lost interest at that point in everybody anyway. So I just stopped watching entirely for like a decade. Yes. And then the rock came back <laughs> and that kind of like got me at least interested enough that I'm paying attention at the surface level at all times that i've subscribed to subreddits so like i, I always know now and since then i was 2011 since then i'm always kind of in and i know what's going on john and i started watching pay-per-views on the regular again in that time too since rocky came back so mm-hmm. when wrestlemania has happened generally speaking we would do them together this year they had hockey tournaments with the kids out of town so i watched it by myself and i fucking inflicted it on tim so yes i also watched it by myself i did not watch it live i watched it that was when I was playing fucking Miles Morales. So I, yeah. I watched it after the fact, sort of over Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday evening, and I got through as much as I could in each sitting kind of thing. But that's literally a, that's a so busy. I mean, I watched so much of it. He, I watched three times as much as you did. well twice probably. Because <laughs> I watched on SmackDown too. Like I watched SmackDown on Friday night before it went in, and then I watched chunks of NXT. There was a couple matches I wanted to see. I watched parts of NXT and then i watched like all of mania and then i went back and watched that one match from the ringer honor thing because i wanted to see the briscoes and that was one of the things that struck me right while i was watching this was like okay this is like eight hours basically it's like two four-hour shows and then i was like okay like if you actually want to be invested in this you have to watch two nights of multiple hours of tv every week and then these events that happen like every three months or something like that that are like you know somewhere between four and eight hours i'm guessing. Right? Like, so you also got to remember, like it's uh, really easy to basically be a YouTube viewer of WWE now, and that's kind of yeah. what I would describe myself as. Is basically, I can get the broad strokes of what's going on in Raw, SmackDown in like five minutes on Friday night or on Saturday morning, and be ready for the next week if I want to watch any of the shows or a pay per view happening on Sunday. I'll really yeah. the only show that I'll sit down and watch is what would be called a pay per view because there are actual wrestling matches that are worth sitting down and watching as opposed to three minutes of action and then they cut to a backstage segment and then four hours of commercials. Yeah. Even this, even WrestleMania, like I was feeling like this is like 80% build up and like oh, yeah. all like all flash no substance kind of thing, you know, oh, yeah. and, and and like especially for somebody like me that's not invested in the vast majority of these characters, I was just like I just I don't care just let me fucking watch somebody get suplexed or table. <laughs> what we probably should have done is like actually gotten together and like I should have had like the boys together to do it kind of thing and like brought you yeah. down here and had you hang out with John and I while we watch it because then at yeah. least you would fight from context kind of get we still both his son's watching it now too actively so he's kind of watching it again basically so it's something that we're all talking about because Bennett wants to talk to us about it Yeah, <laughs> I, I had definitely had that thought like I was you know I think I literally wrote down like I think I'd enjoy this more if you know you and I are watching it together, maybe with a couple other folks or something like that, that yeah. are you know with people that are more into it, and that's kind of generally how I am with say sporting events. This falls somewhere in between like a sporting event and a theater event kind of thing, right? Agreed. Like, yeah, I, I just can't really get into sports watching them on my own. Uh, and also, if I hadn't watched some Stone Cold fucking sober as well, like watching them with a few people and like you know higher drunk or whatever. Of thing, I feel like would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> we generally tend to drain a couple cases of beer and smoke yeah. a couple uh, things before we start watching, <laughs> especially when we're watching a long show like this. We will definitely polish off at least a case of beer and smoke two joints between like four guys. And that's not including me, like full on going in and like smoking my own joint on the side because I'm a fucking weed gobbling monster at this point. So <laughs> I definitely did, you know, think to myself, like, yeah, this I could see myself enjoying this a lot more if I was actually watching it with with a crowd kind of thing. Well, as soon as they clear up all this COVID, ho- sh- <laughs> COVID horse shit and we can actually like get together without any... All, I mean, we're all vaccinated and stuff, but like we're in the sixth wave now, I guess. Is that what's happening? Where people are getting yeah, sick again. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this crap. Yeah. So Maybe when COVID goes away, we can get everybody together and do mania again. Like, they're fun. We get fucking polluted, but i uh, have never <laughs> done a two-day one. I'd be curious what a two-day one would be like. Is that new? Like have they only not been doing two day ones for very long? Uh, They started doing two nights last year because it was basically like in-house online kind of thing. Mm, they didn't right. have a crowd the way they had a full crowd this year. That was the other reason I was kind of excited to watch this year. There's nothing like WrestleMania with a full crowd. They didn't have anybody in the building for the last like, year or two, at least last year, sure. last year. It must have been fucking just so weird to watch. It was extremely weird watching like a title match that had like no crowd around it kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So let's let's just go ahead and get into it. We're just gonna kinda go through recap. I mean we're not gonna go into like shit that happened in all the matches because it's like build up, build up, build up, suede dudes or women body slamming each other kinda and then yeah. and then drama moment and then match over kind of thing. So we'll start with Saturday night. The first one I wanna say is what the fuck is up with that like gross display of patriotism with like the you shitty the country mean, yeah. artists do at the start? Oh, yeah. Like, I almost had to shut it off right there. I was like, "Oh God, is it going to be all be like this?" No, Luckily, no. It you just got to get the America rah rah bit of these yeah. events. <laughs> WWE is like they, I think they've fairly successfully ingrained themselves into American culture to the point where they're just like they're part of the fabric of it. You know what I mean? This this style of wrestling in particular is distinctly yeah. American. I mean, there's oh, yeah. definitely. There's crossover, British there's there's, there's a lot Yeah, so. I mean and there's a lot of Canadian you know content oh, yeah. that goes into it these days in, in the history and in the current day, right? So. Yeah, and we'll talk about like I always bring up when the guy or whoever's wrestling is Canadian or from somewhere else, generally speaking, but there's a couple Canadians yeah. on the roster that came up. Michaels. Out. Mike Michaels were Canadian, weren't they? Hearts. The hearts. Oh the hearts, the heart family, right? Yeah, no, the, the Bret Hart and Owen Hart were both Canadian boys. Uh Natalia, <laughs> I think, is I'm not sure if she was on the card. Yeah, she was in one oh, of she the... She was in the tag team, that's right. Team she's in the tag matches. match. Yeah. That's right. She was actually on the main card, from, too. From Alberta? From like Calgary, Calgary Yeah, yeah. and it's, she's a heart. Her That oh, okay. is Jin the Anvil Nightheart. That was her father. Oh. Yeah, so oh, we can get into it. Let's, let's go through this. Yeah. So, So the first match was the tag team SmackDown Championship, which also, like, right off the bat i was like how many fucking belts are there now like i didn't Lots. realize that there were like two different belts for smackdown than there were for raw do we need and to break this down right off the top or <laughs> i have to like break the whole thing down it's not, it's <laughs> me do. eh? and so like so yeah help, help me out here it, are there completely you know almost entirely siloed casts for in smackdown theory, yes. versus raw yeah yeah they do drafts at certain points in the year so people cross over occasionally like when title changes happen that means that person switches brands or like can switch brands so new mm-hmm. challenges for the title will be able to like flip over like you were on raw and you want to challenge for this the universal belt you can go to smackdown and maybe like make a deal to go over there and challenge for that belt and if you mm-hmm. win it you're on smackdown because the universal belt is tied to smackdown so yeah wwe is kind of siloed into three different lanes right now uh the first lane is nxt which is the developmental lane basically right. which we're not we didn't see any of that stuff you did see was Dolph Ziggler on the card here? Uh, so. uh, oh, well, that was Raw. Sorry, he showed up on Raw again and had a title match on Raw again. But he was <laughs> he defended at whatever. So, like the NXT Championship was defended at Stand and Deliver on Saturday afternoon. All that stuff happened on Saturday. That's NXT. Forget about NXT. <laughs> WWE is divided into two: Raw and SmackDown, basically. Okay. So the title structure is as such: Raw. <laughs> Raw's main title is the WWE Championship. So the lineal WWE championship, Stone Cold and The Rock and everybody you ever thought of holding a WWE championship, that's it. Basically, yeah. that's their main title on Raw. There is a Raw Women's Championship, mm-hmm. which is equivalent for the women to the WWE title. And Raw Tag Team. And then the Raw Tag teams. I think there's still a 24-7 title in there, which is ostensibly like the old hardcore title where you can just grab it 24-7 and it kind of is a YouTube thing. I don't know if that's active anymore. So I don't know. And then Raw's mid card title is the, I believe they have the US championship. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, they have the US champion. Yeah, the US championship. And then SmackDown's titles are at the top, of the universal title, which is what Roman Reigns is carrying into this. So mm-hmm. as we walk into this, Brock is the WWE champion. And I believe yeah. Charlotte Flair is the Raw women's champion. No, SmackDown women's champion. Becky's the Raw Women's Champion. Yeah, Charlotte was the SmackDown's Women's yeah. Champion coming in. And yeah, Becky Lynch was the Raw Champion. Literally last year it was flipped, I think, basically. <laughs> no, Sasha Banks was the SmackDown Women's Champion last year, but Becky Lynch was the Raw Champion last year. So it, it was whatever. It's confusing. Anyway, and then their mid card title is the Intercontinental Belt. So the title that you would have remembered from back in the day, like the Ultimate Warrior carried the Intercontinental, like mid card belt, that's the mm-hmm. SmackDown mid card belt, basically. Okay. And then yeah, and then there's a SmackDown women's championship and then there's they have their own SmackDown men's championship tag like tag team championship. And then the women's tag team championships are shared between the two brands. Like that's the only one that I think is shared between the two. Except for in the case where now Roman is Roman two belts and he can just go to whatever <laughs> fucking show he wants because he is your tribal chief and you should acknowledge him. So there you go. So now we can okay. actually start. So we are, uh, yeah, yeah. This so, match so first match was is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. SmackDown Tag Team Championship. It was the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Shinsuke. No, you don't pronounce the second you. I I don't know why. Right. It's just Shinsuke Nakamura uh, and Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs got mad fucking hurt in this. He blew quite out in that that botch. Did he actually? Yeah, that's an actual like injury he's on the injured okay. reserve now. Yeah. There was I, you always get the aftermath of that kind of thing. And it's always the ones you don't think you're not sure that it's an actual injury. That was yeah. pretty clearly like he fucking blew his leg out right there. Like the you can kinda tell sometimes because like the, the medical staff, quote unquote, that they send out, like, clearly are just fucking, you know, yeah. assistance kind of thing. And then sometimes it's like I don't know, there was a shot of a dude, I don't think it was fr- was here. I think it was like a flashback where dude was getting like carried away, like on a proper stretcher, yeah, with the yeah. neck brace kind of thing. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah that guy's legit. <laughs> no, uh, boots, uh, yeah, they walked him out because he it was a quad tear, basically. When was that when the, the second dude like yes. jumped on top of him, kind of thing? Yeah, Louis Quad uh, when the yeah, with the extra weight, he didn't take it right and oh, okay. just bonk, uh, quad tear. That's a very popular injury for wrestlers to have. Triple H and Vince McMahon have both suffered quad tears in the middle of matches, so. Kim Nash as well, actually. Good injury. Well for starters, Rick Boogs had a fucking guitar solo when he came out. That was pretty fun. I was like yeah. okay, that was a good start. Yeah. He really like embodies that like old school like wrestler boxer kind of look, right? He's got the fucking mustache and everything. Yeah, we're, it's weird watching WWE right now because we're kind of going back to like the gimmick era, like the night, like the late eighties, early nineties, like your garbage man is a wrestler is also a wrestler kind of thing. <laughs> which is like starting to come back a little bit. Some of these guys are like musicians on top of that. Uh, so yeah, Rick Boos is playing guitar. That was interesting. Shinsuke is like always playing up his rock and roll connections and stuff. So what, what rock and roll connections does he have? He's big. He's a Japanese guy, right? Like he's from NJPW. Like he's that's from new Japan. I was, I, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. Because he is he has, a, an actual, like from, from like one of the Japanese leagues. Yeah. He came from, I think yeah. he's new Japan. Maybe, it's either new or all Japan. And those both still exist, so I can't remember anymore. But Shinsuke's an old strong-style guy um, who came over basically to become WWE champion and is kind of plateaued at the intercontinental level, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, I like his work, but he just... I mean, he's in a tag match in the opening shot of uh, WrestleMania where the Usos were clearly not going to drop the belts because they're in the middle of this bloodline story where like, them and Roman are fucking owning SmackDown, so there's no point in them dropping those belts if they're going to double-strap up fucking Roman at the end of the show. So... Yeah. This was like this was almost inevitable to me. Like this wasn't even worth having. Basically, I'm like, yeah, fucking. I know the Usos aren't. If the Usos lose, Roman's dropping the fucking belt. So like, that's not a spoiler. WWE's going to do They the like, the Usos are retaining this because it's night one and Roman doesn't wrestle till the end of night two. So <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that was that was fine. It was you know kick off. I, I did like that Nakamura. He was pretty good. He's fun to watch. I like Nakamura. Uh, I was a little tuned out by, like, as this was starting. Cause, like, the early matches, like, I don't spend a lot of time, like, analyzing. Cause usually it's like, we're just trying to get everybody on the card kind of stuff. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Shinsuke had another match to do. Cause he's been working this tag team thing with Rick. And, like, what else do you do with him? He dropped the IC belt a little while ago. I don't even know who has it. Somebody had it this weekend, but I don't remember seeing it anywhere. So, yeah, it, I don't think it popped up. Or I was like, Sami Zayn was in the, in the, in, the, in that picture at one point recently too. I like Sami Zayn a lot. So I knew he was IC, but I I don't know who has it now. I know uh Finn Balor has the US championship, but I didn't see uh the IC belt anywhere this weekend. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that was that match and like I said the, the Usos ended up winning <laughs> in in part because Raku's fucked up is like pretty bad. No, they were retaining, like I think that was kind of like storyline wise way yeah. yeah, but I yeah, definitely uh that's when I noticed he was injured, because 'cause I'm like why is Shinsuke working this whole match by himself? Yeah. Like he was basically having a handicap match at that point. And then I was like, he must have hurt himself. And then like, yeah, like you kind of see his head poking over the top of the ring at certain points. And there's a crowd around him. I'm like, yeah, he's fucked up. He fucked himself mm-hmm. up. And like, basically that night on Reddit, there were like, Reddit or Twitter, someone was like, yeah, he had a quad tear. He's gonna be out for six months to a year. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I noticed in this mask is a couple of them, Nakamura and a couple others, were wearing mouth guards, and I don't remember there being many mouth guards back in the day like in the fucking 90s when I was watching wrestling. <laughs> some of these guys train BBJ, like uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or BJJ, yeah. I guess. BJJ. Anyway, they do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Get your BJ right there, Mark. I don't even know what the yeah, other like, whatever. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and stuff like that. So they do other combat sports and stuff so some of them just are used to doing stuff with mouth guards. And you'll see, I think was AJ Styles still wearing a mouth guard? He had been in the past wearing one. So I didn't, I didn't note everybody. It was just I, I noted here because I was like, oh, it kind of stuck with me. Shinsuke probably like smash his teeth in Japan at some point and like mm. they don't cover the teeth properly in Japan or whatever. <laughs> didn't want to pay for it again. they wearing a mouth guard. Brock used to wear one when he started coming back too because he was working more that MMA like I just came back from UFC kind of thing. Uh, he's mm. a little more freewheeling WWE guy again now, but yeah, when he first came back, it was all like my like Jimmy John's sponsorship came with me from UFC, kind of thing. So the the next match was Happy Corbin versus Drew McIntyre, and this one was they gave a whole lot of like the Happy Corbin backstory, story. which was real convoluted, and like they Dumb. turned homelessness oh, yeah. into a story arc for him, and then he went to Vegas and made all his money back. And Jesus fucking Christ, and he had a male eye candy hype man or whatever, and I was like, that one's. It's new to me, but quality, I guess. Cool. Yeah, I don't I don't know what this angle was. It was basically like give Drew McIntyre a singles win on the WrestleMania card. Drew McIntyre was the WWE champion like last year, I believe. He won the belt at WrestleMania 37, 36 mm-hmm. or 37. So he's recently been at the top of the card. Uh yeah, the Happy Corbin thing. I so I subscribed to a couple subreddits, and the main wrestling subreddit has turned into an AEW, like fan five. Mm-hmm. And one of the alternative subreddits has kind of become my little home on the internet and they love this Happy Corbin guy because it's all just a dumb WWE style of storytelling where it's basically like a cartoon. Fucking right, it's dumb. Oh, it's like just the dumbest WWE horse shit of all time. So yeah, this is like let Drew McIntyre kick somebody in the face. Drew McIntyre's a giant Superman looking dude, so. I mean, it was very much like, hey, this guy is clearly the heel and this guy is the hero and like, yeah. I mean, I definitely wanted I guess they did their job. I definitely did want to see Drew McIntyre beat the shit out of Corbin, who was who was dressed like a like 35 year old George Perez. He had yes. like a fucking like Hawaiian shirt and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I mean, when he was King of the Ring a couple years ago. He basically came out dressed like he was like wrapped in a possum fur. It looked terrible. Yeah. So Corbin back then. Ugh. So some of his gimmicks have been. He's one of those guys that feels like he just shows up to do what he's told, and it doesn't matter how dumb it is as long as he's on tv making millions of dollars he'll fucking do it so yeah. there you go okay. yeah he totally like he looked at the lights for Drew McIntyre tonight so for that night it was pretty fucking fun watching Drew McIntyre like jump over the top ropes to like fucking smash into Corbin like yeah, that was where i started being like okay like yeah you can definitely see the you know the athleticism at play here right like yeah. you know, there are those moments where you are like okay that was like you know athletically gymnastically impressive kind of thing. Yeah. and then he fucking slices through the ropes with his fucking claymore that was pretty fun that was a dramatic moment i was like yeah that's fun yeah yeah uh the release came a little early i noticed but aside from that he didn't actually cut the ropes <laughs> like they let those ropes go but it was fun yeah. Every time. i don't know could, they did like the slow-mo and everything yeah it looked pretty good it looked pretty good yeah no i i mean like for what is it like the first two matches of WrestleMania are both like seven and eight minutes long. We're not really like sitting around. Yeah. I had no idea who any of these fucking people were, period. So I know who they are, but like, this is so early in the, like, I'm not here for these guys. You know what I mean? I was kind of here. like for tonight, we'll talk about it. Like, there's two matches I was really here for and the women's match, one of the women's matches surprised the shit out of me. Like, it was very good. So, yeah. The next match actually did have people that I fucking knew in it. So this yeah. was Fortunately. a Raw Tag Team match, which was me being like, holy shit, Rey Mysterio's still kicking around here. Like, yeah, he's pushing 50, but still doing some pretty fucking solid high flying. So, yeah. as is his kid. And, and I like Rey Mysterio is one of those dudes that I think was ECW back in the day. Like, uh, WCW was WCW. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He came into WWE after he was one of the few like smaller guys like that in WCW who had a, like an exclusive contract to Turner and ended mm-hmm. up waiting it out and then came to WWE a little bit after. Yeah. But yeah, I've always liked Ray. He's great. Like, so much fun to watch. He was in a tag team with one of his kids, Dominic, and it was kind of, you know, they had, like, the the pre-taped interviews where he was, like, you know, talking about how special it is to be, you know, wrestling alongside his son and everything. But it's, like, kind of hard to take him seriously. Like, where he's trying to have, like, these touching conversations in the fucking luchador mask. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... It's weird, but like that's basically what they do with like that's that's Rey Mysterio's job now is the feel good, like father son moment of yeah. like every wrestling event. It's always he's just been in a tag team with Dominic for the past couple years anyway. Mm. I don't remember. And then just as soon as I got, you know, a little excited that I saw a wrestler that I knew, I saw somebody else that I fucking recognized and I was like, why the fuck is Logan Paul here? WWE loves controversy, man. Remember Mike Tyson? There's a reason uh, why certain people get, like, invited onto these things. He wasn't and, like, even good. He's just no. stopped his shit. Like, he wasn't going along. Yeah. He was pretty good, actually. You could tell, like, there were times that he wasn't really, like, going along with moves and shit like that very well. Oh, like, he, yeah, he's yeah. not ready for prime time, kind of thing. No, he's green as shit, but he's got the aptitude for it. I think he could, he could pull it off. And the kid's got a mouth on him, which is what I think is the most impressive part. Like, I don't mm. like Logan Paul, but, like, he's good on the mic and he's got like the fundamentals, like he can work. That's why they put him with the mid so we can learn basically. Yeah. Cause Miz is their like homegrown fucking like guy. Basically. Great deal. I like, I like, I mean, I, this batch was fine. I didn't care one way or the other. I was surprised by how good Logan Paul was. Cause yeah. I hate Logan Paul, but I was like, wow, he's actually pretty good in there, but whatever. Yeah. I was just, Felt really fucking bad that Ray Mysterio had to take a fucking, L fucking of Logan Paul. Yeah. You <laughs> like, couldn't believe they fucking like let him let him like eat a pinfall to him. I thought they would have given that to put that on Dominic, not have yeah, like right? a legend take the pin. But I mean, they're sending the crowd home happy tonight. You know what I mean? Like the crowd's going home extremely happy at the end of this one. Yeah. So I think you <laughs> can kinda like Ray can take an L on this one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's fucking bullet- Ray- Ray's fucking bulletproof. Ray can take six losses in a row, come out on Raw still get a pop. Like, he's super over. Yeah. Like, he's never not going to be over anymore. He's Ray. Uh, so. This was the match where I was just like, it really sunk in, like, oh, yeah, the refs are not there to do anything. Like, no. they're just fucking... Total, like, how would the writers for the WWE do anything if they couldn't write the refs as just totally fuck, total fucking incompetent idiots? If you think these refs are bad, I'm going to make you watch an AEW show where the <laughs> refs are like, we are watching stuff illegal happen and just, like, fucking don't see it. Like, it's like, bad over there. As a ref, Ever in WWE history, like kicks, like legit, like that disqualified somebody from match, like kick somebody out of a match because you know, like they were in the ring when they weren't supposed to be because they weren't the legal opponent or something like that. Or yeah, storyline requires it to happen. Jesus, that's the. I mean, that's the way it's it like works, the, man. The, it's it's, like the, the, the WWE version of plot armor, right? It basically yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like comics, man. Like why does all this stuff always happen to Peter Parker? I'm like, well, because he's Spider Man. Or the WWE version of lazy writing, <laughs> and the writers are lazy sometimes. The shit just happens to certain people. <laughs> yeah, the 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 parallels between like comics and WWE and all this other stuff is like there's a lot all over the place. Well, I mean, absolutely. Stuff. I I used to say like back like in the day, entertainment basically, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's serialized entertainment. It's all second act kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, you know, it is. It's soap operas for students, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's athletic soap operas for dudes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well not just for dudes anymore though, actually. There's a lot That's of true. fucking shir and women when Bianca you know, won. So when we were kids, it was like primarily oh, yeah. for dudes. That both, yeah. you know, both comics and wrestling. But no, there's definitely a lot, of, a lot of women in that crowd and a lot of women comic book readers now too. So Yeah. The next match, speaking of women, was the raw women's championship match with Becky Lynch defending her title, her belt against Bianca Belair. Two fucking people. I had no clue whatsoever. Not familiar with it all. Becky Lynch came in looking like Haley Williams from Paramore. Yeah. With, they like, had a, with like her e-girl makeup. <laughs> they cut her hair off in an angle on SmackDown. It's at one point, I can't yeah, remember so what it flashed, was. They flashed that back. Yeah. And so she came in with new hair, new, new look. Bianca's like their hot new like young baby face in the women's division. So like, she's like ascendant. She won the belt off Sasha Banks last year. And she was mm-hmm. coming into Mania hot as a baby face and winning the fucking belt off somebody this year. And Becky had a belt, so she was fucking losing it to uh, Bianca. Yeah. I like Bianca Belair a lot. She's fucking great. She's athletic, is all get out. Her match was great. This was like the best match on the card tonight, I think. Yeah, they put on a solid show. I really liked Bianca Belair's entrance, like the marching yeah, band entrance, where they were singing along to her song and then they like faded in the actual entrance song. Like that was yeah. pretty fucking that was sick. Yeah, no, I had a good time. Becky Lynch has been doing like great work uh, the last two or three years. She kind of like it was like a twenty minute match too. Like, yeah, no, they work on forever. For us, so I was like, holy shit! And like, you know, women's matches, there, there's a lot of movement and shit going on, right? And so like, like, kudos to them for the endurance piece of it. Actually, that's a that's a, an interesting question. Like last time you watched this shit, the women's matches were basically brought matches, and now you're having like actual. I don't remember. Athletic... I, I could not tell you like. Oh, you remember Trish? And like Trish and Lita? Nope. That was like, before my time. No oh, man, that's like ninety nine. No, that was after my time. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Didn't I even wasn't watching then. Like, yeah, like okay. when I was watching around, like the only women that were anywhere near the shit were, you know, ringside girls Ballets. kind of thing, right? Ballets yeah, and stuff. okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah no, because like uh when I I mean when I was like the heyday in the nineties, right? Like you'd have like your Trish Stratuses and your Litas and stuff like that. Stacey Keebler was one of them, Corey Wilson. I don't know if I these know are names these that are from yeah they like, they become famous like china. Out, elsewhere china was out there too in the, in the attitude era um yeah their matches were basically like who can strip an evening gown off the other girl fastest back then and now like bianca and becky are doing 20 minute fucking like clinics basically in the middle of the wrestlemania card they like bianca is awesome uh and becky's character work has been like really good the last couple of years so i've enjoyed watching mm-hmm. that like that was a good match too McAfee kept fucking, like, getting their names wrong. He kept calling them by each other's fucking names, and I was like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Well, Becky and Bianca, it's hard, man. I just had a hard time with Becky and Bianca, because it's two Bs. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this, God damn it, with the Bs. <laughs> it was worse last year when they were getting Sasha and Bianca confused, because they're two black women. That was... Yeah, yeah
1: that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only reason Sasha was didn't have a belt at some point was because Ronda Rousey came back, so... This is about the point where I started being like, "Hey, do they ever just have two like good guys go against each other? Does every match basically have to have a heel? Because it seemed like everyone up to that point had to have a fucking heel." WWE they do shit the old fashioned way, man. Like, yeah. make sure it's delineated. You're telling a clear story for children. Like, this is a kids' <laughs> product now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, there's there's hints at other stuff to it. Obviously, don't it's man, children. Back. Well, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, you get stuff where, like, Stone Cold comes back and, like, says shit, and then realizes you can't say goddamn right after. Like, you watched himself edit because it's PG, basically. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, did, did you notice, did anybody bleed at all this weekend? Did you notice any blood? Yes. Yeah, Just who was a little it bit came out? But, yeah, what's his name? Was it AJ Styles, I think? Yeah. I was fucking bleeding when he came out. Yeah. Like, before the match. I was like, what a. the a. fuck caught himself this? At one point during the Stone Cold thing, but, like, mm. nobody hard like, bladed. The way you would have seen back in the day where they cut themselves to like fucking crimson mask. None of that yeah, shit happens. They'd have, they'd have it have like stuck in the, stuck in the stuck tape. In, yeah. Or in their tape or their wristband or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that shit doesn't happen anymore. This is a clean product for kids. I like, guess a PG product. It's it's what they watch. fun in that? I mean, it's a little hint at the old shit that you kind of have to take at this point. Yeah. Um, we'll watch AEW, and you can see what the, the full extent of Attitude Era style booking and horseshit shit and Fuckery gets you as a TV show. It's basically unwatchable. So, like, you gotta find your even, like, you gotta find your balance between the two. Yeah. Like, WWE swung kind of the other way. Having Stone Cold back really brings things back towards Attitude for me, you know what I mean? Like, I just start, I'm like, I'm I'm at home with Austin running around stunning motherfuckers and shit, so. Yeah. If you like the match, though, I thought Bianca Becky was probably one of the best ones for the whole weekend, so. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, that one was good. It lasted a long time, but it didn't feel like it was really like, yeah, you know, on, pace, like going on for too long rocking, kind of thing. Stuff. Yeah, it was, it was quick. Becky Lynch was fucking hamming it up like crazy. Yeah, like, there's there some good drama and shit in there. So, yeah, she's yeah a that, that good. Yeah, cool. This one's fun, actually, because there's all kinds of meta <laughs> shit to talk about in this one. Because this is a... Oh, the this next is, one? Jesus this Christ. This is a defection. Yeah, so next one was Cody Rowe, was it. Well, actually, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, uh, didn't have a match coming into Mania, and Vince McMahon promised him a match, but he didn't give him the opponent. Right? Yeah. And, and this is where you see Vince or Mister McMahon Why is he going by Mister McMahon now instead of Vince McMahon? No, he goes by Mister McMahon because with the character of like the satanic owner of WWE, who is the evil piece of shit, is Mister McMahon. Okay. Vince McMahon okay. is just like Vince. You could run into Vince on the street. If You run into okay. Mister McMahon. Into, like the character. Yeah. basically. Okay. So that's how I think that's how he delineates it for himself. <laughs> Mr. McMahon and Vince McMahon is looking like shit. Well, he's 76 year old steroid abuser. So yeah, yeah, he looks terrible. A whole lot of extra skin and his voice is totally fucking shot oh, from all those tried. years. And yeah, his face fucking looks like pre-chewed gum, like a lot of cosmetic surgery that just kind of all fucking let go at once. Yep. So let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Because yeah, you we'll have to talk about his fucking old man arms too. Uh, yeah, the next night too, which like will. that's that, that's night too. Oh, that was <laughs> that was a scary sight. Yeah. So, anyway, so Seth Rollins basically begs McMahon to give him a match at WrestleMania. McMahon says sure, but I get to pick you wrestling, and you won't find out until night of. And so he's in the ring, and it's Cody Rhodes that he's wrestling, which means absolutely nothing. Seth Rollins, I at least know the name. Cody Rhodes was like, oh so three years ago AEW started and the man who founded AEW with Tiny or Tony Khan, so I have read that subreddit too much my fellow goofs, if you're listening to me I'm here for you Cody Rhodes got, like, got left WWE six years ago and joined basically formed AEW as one of the EVPs so like he had the executive position of the company and uh, along with like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are all executives at AEW also and I guess basically he lost he lost the war, and <laughs> their dumb NJPW style Tom fuckery, like we want to redo the Attitude Era, but dumber kind of stuff that they're doing on <laughs> AEW right now. He didn't. He wasn't having it. He wanted to do old school NWA stuff. So he fucking noped out. And like the AEW fan base, which is insane and rabid, and have completely lost their minds in this new cult that they have joined to watch AEW. Basically, have like branded him like with a scarlet red. Trader traitor now yeah yeah as a guy who kind of just flip-flops and watches whatever doesn't really give a shit it's kind of a wwe guy like i've always kind of watched WWE. is my home federation i guess because that's what came to toronto all the time basically i thought it was really fucking hilarious that three years in he fucking jumped ship and came back to vince because he wanted to be an actual star and they treated him like a star he came out and he fucking won this match he looked pretty good he a little slow but he looked pretty good this one, I, I had no investment in whatsoever. I just couldn't get into. I was just like, yeah. both of these dudes just seem like total fucking assholes. I don't care. Like, just <laughs> let, them, let them both lose. Whatever. I can't fucking stand Cody Rhodes, but I love Seth Rollins. <laughs> uh, so Seth Rollins and his suits and stuff like that, I'm all aboard for Seth. So him dropping up to Cody Rhodes. I did, like, did you hear, like, plain as day, him say, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch? I think I, yeah, I heard the. say be fucking yeah, i think he had wow. him like bent over the turnbuckle at the time or something right yeah yeah, yeah. he worked up, he worked him pretty hard like that's uh the backwards buckle bomb into the barricade like made me wince as somebody See, that's who, like, the thing is is like obviously they didn't reference aew no. at all right and so like no. i didn't have that context whatsoever i didn't know like that whole like crater angle and like all i knew was that he'd been gone for six yeah. years and came back because that's all they tell you and the... yeah cause they don't care they don't want to acknowledge the they call it the, that that's the minor leaks to them you know what i mean they they make fun of those guys now because they're in <laughs> wwe they have no reason not to like they're making millions of dollars doing this shit at a high level so whatever i just thought it was interesting like as like a wrestling fan like the back and forth shit from the 90s just started happening again where like a bunch of guys had gone over to AEW from wwe after having been cut and just been wasted basically and Vince brought one guy back and made him a star on the first night. Well, somebody's doing their job properly, and it's not <laughs> AEW, apparently. Anyway. This was also the longest match of the night as well. I think it was the last match of the weekend? Oh, no, Edge and AJ. Yeah, yeah. sorry. And it was nowhere near the pace that the previous match had. Like Really, like, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch definitely, I think, upstaged these two dudes. Well they work at they, like the women work at a cardio pace like they just go fucking yeah. bonkers. The, the men, especially Cody, Cody's like an old school like he's Dusty Rhodes son. He wants to work that old school like NWA mm. pace where you're not working too too hard kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Sell milk. Sell yeah. milk. Do a <laughs> move. Milk milk yep. milk. Yeah, a little different. There was a weird spot for them to be wedged between these two women's champion matches, championship matches that are actually pretty good work rate wise. Like they're I thought they were both pretty entertaining matches overall. People had a lot mm-hmm. of problems with this next one, though. So, Yeah. And before that, there was the, the little Hall of Fame presentation montage kind of thing. Oh, that's the other thing. I watched the whole Hall of Fame ceremony, too, this week. And that's the other thing I watched. I think oh, yeah. I watched it Monday afternoon. Yeah. Undertaker talked for 90 minutes. Jesus. Oh, it was a long one. It went on for a fucking while in yeah. the ring there, too, like at, at the event. But, yeah, it was like. Stars is just depressing because, like, two of the dudes are fucking dead. One was yeah. what, Vader and. Oh, Shad. Yeah. Shad was sad. Um, yeah. Yeah, Shad, that, I, I looked up to how that dude died. That was fucking tragic. Yeah. Like, like saving his son. drowning, um, trying to save his son in the in the ocean. Yep. And then, uh, who was the other one that passed? Oh, it was Vader. Vader. Vader's family was there. Yeah, it's right. Big Van Vader. I remember Vader, like, vaguely yeah. from back in the day. Like, he was sort of starting to come in when I was starting to fall off. WWE. yeah he was a transitional guy uh between he was a new generation guy basically like when Shawn michaels and stuff like that like pre-austin and rocky and all that kind of stuff he was gone by the time rocky was back was around so yeah yeah and jesus the fucking those people were just eating up undertaker and just oh yeah oh, he's he's the phenom man like he's like he's the last legend basically that they have yeah. left from that 80, especially from the 80s era Like he's still working he was he worked hogan back in like the single yeah. digit manias and like he was still working as of like two or three years ago like I think he finally did his last match a couple years ago like 34 yeah. or something like that I can't remember anymore it's been a while yeah. so so after that is the SmackDown Women's Championship it was <laughs> Charlotte Flair defending her belt against Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey yes that Ronda Rousey from fucking UFC yep. and Charlotte Flair who I assume is some relationship to Rick Flair daughter yeah okay. actual like shoot daughter too, like real daughter yeah well this was another pretty long one like 18 minutes ronda rousey's not a great actor a great at mm. the physical aspect of shit but yeah, yeah she's not really not really selling the drama she definitely needs to like i wish she would like watch some brock matches i think that's like the role she should be playing in the women's division it's just like she should be able to tap out anybody she's ronda rousey like she's undefeated yeah. in ufc for like two years or something like that so that's when I was watching UFC. Two was actually like her title match, but this was weird for me because like the last time they had a title match, these two together it was exactly the same fucking storyline, but it was for the Raw Women's Championship. So this is just mm-hmm. confusing because now it's on the Blue Brand, and I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, I don't like Charlotte Flair particularly overly, so. Yeah, I'm not yeah, super invested no here. Charlotte Flair was. I mean, I recognize Ronda Rousey's name. I'm not crazy about her or anything, but no, I was, I was a little annoyed that she, for some reason, gets to trade on Rowdy Roddy Piper's fucking brand and his moves and shit. He gave her permission before he passed. So, okay. I, I that yeah, I have the same kind of feeling about that. Come up with your own fucking shit. That's that's the thing. Is like half of these fucking wrestlers just seem like they're trading on legacy you know like their son or daughter or whoever or, or right and like they're it's always kind of or like they've, that or they've just up somebody else's old moves or whatever kind of thing and like have the exact same character and like i cannot wait to introduce you to the young bucks who think that doing a Shawn michaels impersonation 20 years later is basically like the height of pro wrestling <laughs> it's gonna be awesome well, we they weren't AW. at this event so <laughs> we'll, we'll do an AEW show at some point where i can just bitch about their fucking garbage shows so some of this I like, yeah, whatever. This is one of those ones where I was like I thought Ronda was better than everybody said she was, but everybody hated this match and I was like, "Eh, I don't like Charlotte, so I don't care." Whatever. I'm way more invested on the like Becky and Bianca were more like the women's match that I was kind of invested in. Then and Sasha, was like, yeah. I thought Sasha should have been in there somewhere in that title mix and she was in the tag team mix and I'm like, eh. "Yeah. But I'm a Sasha mark, so whatever." Oh, now we're at the fucking good shit. We're at the money. Then <laughs> we now. get to the, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. The main event. Main yeah. event, right? The headline yeah. match of the evening of Saturday night, which was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. And there's all this like build up where like Kevin Owens, who's Canadian, French Canadian dude, is like bad mouthing Texas and the fuck like, wrestling he was in, Dallas and. Everybody knows that like Stone Cold is like, you know, the, the biggest God king to ever, you know, be in, be in wrestling kind of thing. I was like, so explain to me, is Owen supposed to be like the sort of like loser, like woke dude of the WWE kind of thing? Is that why he was like bad mouthing like big old red state Texas? Was that what this was? No, he's just, I think usually he's kind of the smash mouth, like I'll fucking hurt you, fight you, like fight Owens fight kind of guy. But yeah. this one, he's so good on the mic that they were like, "Well, we want to get Austin in here. We want to work safe because, like, Austin's fifty-eight and is not in the best Holy shape. Shit. Like his knee braces were, yeah, intense. He, was... he can like his knees got to be fucking shot. His knees are not existent, apparently. Yeah, I, think, I was gonna say like they probably rebuilt those just for this event kind of thing. Like I think he did have gave surgery him, at gave him some a point. bunch of injections like right before the match or some shit. It was like other, otherwise you'd hear them creaking as he was walking down the fucking." Dang way. As a guy who's walked uh, after having gotten a cortisone shot to his back, he definitely had to look at somebody who had a cortisone shot to his knees. So, yeah. yeah. uh I mean, like, yeah, obviously, I, uh, Steve couldn't work like crazy, like he could back in the 90s, but like, doesn't fucking matter. He's the God King of Texas. Like, did you hear that pop? I thought the fucking roof of that fucking place was going to come off when he finally came <laughs> out. They were waiting for him. That was like an orgasmic pop. They were waiting for him all fucking night. They'd been edged for four hours waiting for their (laughs) God to come back. And he didn't disappoint. I had a good time with that. This this beer ad, I mean, wrestling match was great. Yeah. That was the best part. I was fucking laughing. I was texting my cousin. I'm like, dude, they just basically like, he must have only agreed to come back if they shill his beer the entire fucking exactly. time. Every <laughs> exactly. second shot, the close up, like with a, it, like yeah. a perspective. He's, he's making sure that he's holding it label out. And label out. Oh yeah. man, they were. Crushing I think he, I think he drank about ten percent of the actual beer that he was like pouring everywhere. He, he <laughs> always that's sick. though. he always did. Basically, yeah. like never. Drank a ton of it. He's still trying to work, you know. He can't be that yeah. he's Still trying to toss dudes around <laughs> safely. Anyway, this was Hollywood. This is Hollywood, yeah. man. This is the fucking this is the business side of wrestling, right? Like this one was obvious foregone, foregone conclusion, right? Yeah. Like it was, you know. Oh yeah, we gotta have fucking Stone Cold come back and like, you know, put smack down this dude that's been bad mouthing our state, and obviously, yeah. like Owens is just gonna get the shit out of him, and yeah. yeah the crowd, home after I fucking after this, I was like, I don't even want to watch night two. I had such a good time after that half an hour. Of bullshit was Stonefold. Yeah, I, was like, I don't. Suplex care. on the concrete that legit oh, looked like hurt. Yeah, I was gonna he ask nothing. He took some bumps. I was impressed. The man is fifty seven or fifty eight now, I think. And like yeah. he took some fucking hard concrete bumps that I was like, why are you taking those? Who's Steve, like, that for sure. He, he said on his podcast this week, he's like, yeah, that back suplex was a fucking bad idea, but you know. <laughs> you know the moment you know what i mean he's a performer like they like i can't imagine what it would be like 19 years after having not done that job to come out and just like especially in texas where like he could fart on somebody's fucking head and they'd be like just blowing up like everything he did went, they went nuts he gave it you know i'll give the dude uh, props even you know though he's pushing 60 now he, he fucking he sold it pretty well he gave it I mean, he gave it more than the other old guy that we're going to fucking talk about. <laughs> that's your fucking shirt. Uh, <laughs> was, yeah. This was the match where I was like, okay, just everybody's getting their own moves fucking used against them kind of thing, right? Yeah, I think the, the finisher spam starts. Because yeah. Kevin uh, Owens has been using the Stunner for a couple of years, with, with Steve's permission. But yeah. yeah, it made it kind of a natural like thing for them to have this match together. Stunner versus Stunner. You know, you use the French-Canadian guy. Does Kevin Owens look familiar to you at all? Do you see any resemblance, like family resemblance? Possibly. The first thing all of my oh, yeah, family yeah, said it's, it's is that they, I looked so much like Kevin Owens. Apparently, that everybody was just making fun of me. Like, what was it like watching yourself get the shit kicked out of you by Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> and I was like, honestly, as a guy who, like, before I hurt my back, wanted to be a pro wrestler, like, it was kind of a thrill and also kind of depressing. So, like, God, that could have <laughs> been me because Kevin Owens is, like five foot nine. I look hmm. more like a pro wrestler now than he does. <laughs> so, like, very disappointing. But I mean. Kevin's fucking great. I love Kevin Owens. Um, yeah. Him and Sammy, are like two Can- French Canadian boys. So I just like kind of follow around now. Like this one felt appropriate when Owens was like using a stunner against Stone Cold and shit like that. But like <laughs> that seems like one of those things you need to like reserve for like a couple of times, a big event kind of thing. It felt like every other match had like, oh my god, he just used his own signature move against him. You can't do that. Actually, they were- <laughs> they were actually pretty good about the psychology of that kind of stuff. And in this night in particular, we're like, did you notice, like, nobody else fought outside the ring? Just Austin? No, there other... Like, they didn't do any of the crowd shit? Nobody else went in the crowd. Not, not, a, not, a crowd. Yeah, like, not I, in the, the crowd. Yeah, like not in the crowds. Like, out in the... Whatever. Yeah, nobody yeah, else yeah. Nobody else touched the table? Just Austin? No. No, that was the only guy who went to the table.
1: Well, oh, uh, that was a cartoon
0: nut. And that's the next night. I'm talking about yeah. tonight. On, this, yeah, on night, this night, yeah, the only person who touched the table was Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, that's an old school main eventer. He protected himself. He went to everybody and was like, "Don't fucking touch the table. <laughs> Don't go out in the crowd. That's my shit for the main event tonight." And that's yeah. what they did, and it made it really effective. It was a really good match because of that. See that fucking back bump Kevin Owens did onto the fucking announce table that did not sell and yeah. did not break. Oh, that's where he cut himself on the fucking monitors. You see him slash his back open. He was oh, bleeding for the yeah, rest that of the was match. Like- yeah, he, that back bump he took going from the barricade onto the announce table, where the yeah. announce table pin was not pulled, I guess, and like it did not collapse under his weight like it normally does. <laughs> he took all that shit. He took that hard. Yeah, he took it hard. That was a rough bump. Sold but, it pretty yeah. well though, like general, like he was. He was. Hey, it was a ping pong ball for Austin all night. He was selling everything. <laughs> Just like Austin whipped him from corner to corner, and he went up on the thing, even though he was like Austin barely got a hold of him. He was doing like the like the Shawn Michaels flip up the turnbuckle from being thrown corner to corner. Like, no, yeah. no, <laughs> overselling. I mean, it was yeah. his night too, right? He's getting to work with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's like... Right, yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold, like, he's the biggest fucking star that WWE's ever had, arguably. In terms of like pure wrestler being over? Yeah, Stone Cold's the guy. So yeah. I, know, I had fun with this. This is the main event of the whole fucking weekend for me. I was like, Stone Cold coming back and beer bathing somebody. Me that. yeah, it was fun. So, that was night number one. Night number two starts out with oh, tag titles again, right?
1: But yeah, the tag the team titles.
0: Title. Yeah, uh, so this was the triple threat tag team match the uh, for the raw tag team title, which was what RK Bro, yeah, uh, Randy Orton and Riddle against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Yep, and RK Bro won. that was, I don't know, RK-Bro are the reigning champs. There's, like, hardly any background given, so I was like, I don't know who any of these fucking people were. Had some fun moves. Like, there was one where uh, the suplex that was done, like, from the turnbuckle against a dude that, like, his partner was holding up in the air. That was a fun fucking move. I was there for that one was the best part of that match and then i was just like eh whatever there's some <laughs> good spots in there and i like uh riddle and randy's like little RK Pro tag team has been kind of fun on tv the last like couple months or whatever i like randy orton he's old school is all get out doesn't do anything he doesn't have to do anything kind of uh, so i mean yeah this was like i don't know why it was 11 minutes long but fuck whatever i would have rather actually you know what i probably would have rather this gone longer than i don't know i guess probably last the only one six minutes that was a waste of time too and then and then after the match the street profits and rk bro were about to like share a drink with each other which i guess is a big thing and they invited uh cable stevenson who is a an olympic wrestler who is now part of the league i guess he's coming into nxt yeah he i think he's going to nxt now so so he just signed up with them into the ring, and then one of the Alpha Academy dudes, I guess that's Chad Gable. Chad Gable, uh, yeah. came, came in and like slapped a drink out of Gable Stevenson's hat, uh, Stevenson's hand, and then like I don't know, body slammed him or something. I don't remember. I was what, doing what that throughout this whole fucking match. I don't remember any of it, man. I was yeah. big, I was getting <laughs> baked. I was like, oh, yeah, I gotta start watching this shit. I was, just, yeah, I was getting ripped in the middle of this because I'm like, it was Baby's first rivalry, basically, right? It was like yeah. Gable Stevenson, you know, having getting to. You get know, his first, like, little fucking Rob, rivalry going against Chad Cable. Especially on the on the, on the the WrestleMania stage, he's getting to, that kind of debut. So that's kind of neat. He's not the gold medalist, I think. Was he not? Did he not say something like that? It sounded, yeah, I couldn't remember. It sounded like he had a pretty impressive professional yeah. uh, wrestling career. I guess this is professional wrestling, but, like... Amateur wrestling, you know, yeah. Amateur, yeah. Yeah, it's amateur wrestling, right? Olympic wrestling career or something, whatever. Yeah. The next one was, holy shit, was, like, two goddamn... Fucking buildings fighting yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of whom who's excellent and Omos who cannot move. So there's you know, yeah. Omos giving off big Andre the Giant energy. He's got to be fucking seven foot if he's a he's a fucking inch. I think um, he is full on seven feet. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. Like they used to build the Undertaker seven feet. He yeah. was not. Oh, he's he's seven three. Foot three. Yeah, seven Jesus foot three right. Seven awesome. three. Fucking four hundred pounds. Yeah, Omos. Against Bobby Lashley, and Bobby yeah. Lashley was even having trouble like getting him in getting Omos in holds just because like there's so much of Omos to get your arms around. And, like, <laughs> and Bobby Lashley's no fucking slouch like former like oh, NCAA on his own NCAA fucking champion like wrestler like he used to be uh, Brock Lesnar's sparring partner in college or something like that. Like these guys are shoot like fucking fantastic level, like, high-level athletes and stuff, but yeah, he, the Omos thing is just, like, there's always a giant, Vince loves giants, so, and this is just... I I like this, I like the spectacle of these kind of matches, And like, ultimately, Bobby Lashley gets, like, a fucking suplex on Omos, which is impressive, just that he was, they were able to fucking coordinate that, the two of them together, kind of thing. Bobby Lashley had a a rough run up to WrestleMania, so it was nice giving him the win, he was WWE champion going into uh, elimination chamber and got a, a concussion because of an accident during the elimination chamber match where, like, the pod wall was kicked in and hit him in the head and gave him a concussion. Like, he Ooh. didn't even actually like, do a move. Somebody tossed a body at the pod, and the glass hit him in the head and gave him a concussion, and he was taken out of the match. Thus, oh, he, he had to drop the title because Brock won it from him that, that night. I guess he was going to win it from him anyway, but wasn't even involved in the match where he dropped the title. So, I'm hoping now. That they've done this and turned uh, MVP against him. Cause like the next night, maybe did they ha- that happen on Mania or was that at Raw where MVP, who was Bobby Lashley's manager, came out and like is now working with Amos, I guess. Yeah. And like that's the angle going forward. But I don't know. I like Bobby Lashley. I wish he'd been up or higher up in the card. He's great in the ring this but, one was pretty short too like it was yeah, only like minutes. a six and a half minute match and it, i mean it was you know real life david and goliath kind of thing even though bobby Lashley's putting fucking six three on the yeah bobby lashley's so a like, fucking god yeah. so, i could have yeah. done with more of that match because they were putting on a solid show but like i get it you know Omas is a big fucking dude he can't you know he can't really go around so like long. yeah this is what you get out of that a guy like that is six minutes of like yeah. spectacle and then you can just get the fuck home yeah so that was that match. Right, so you know, your favorite match is next. This was my, fucking, was my favorite match of the whole fucking event. So the next match, I didn't even know that fucking Johnny Knoxville was doing anything, had anything to do with WWE, but it totally makes sense. Yeah, he's been on SmackDown a bit, a fair bit, like working this angle with Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami <laughs> Zayn, another Canadian. He's Kevin Owens, BFF from Montreal also. So yeah. Lots of Canadians on the card. We'll talk about Ed shortly. Yeah, so it's Giant Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in an anything goes match. This was, you know, right up my fucking alley. It's it's jackass. It's fucking you know ECW style fucking shit. I definitely had a favorite here. Yeah, this is like the old twenty four seven hardcore matches they used to have on WrestleManias back back in the Attitude era, where just like everybody, all the undercard guys would be going for the hardcore belt, and they would be like hitting each other with hockey sticks and like <laughs> wiffle ball bats and bowling balls and like using forklifts yeah. pin each other and all this other horse shit that would go on yeah this match was it was dumb as but it was fun it was yeah. so much fun and so it many was... like <laughs> jackass cameos like half of the cast of jackass was in there yeah. it's like i don't like jackass are you did you watch that shit i was a huge fan of jackass of you were in yeah day. like i love that shit and yeah. i watched this so, like, I didn't have to watch Jackass. You know what I mean? Like, I was already watching this shit. So, but it totally made sense to me to have Jackass, like, Johnny Knoxville yeah. and the Jackass guys in this because, like, Johnny Knoxville knows how to fucking ham it up and he knows how to take a hit and make it look entertaining. Like, that is, that he, is, he's Jackass. a fan. Like, he's yeah. a fan. He wants oh, to be there. Of course he, just, he is. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I loved, it. I loved his costume, like, his little fucking goofy, like, superhero the singlet outfit. and stuff like yeah, that. His, yeah. Like, the fact that they use the Jackass theme music is his fucking entry music is all perfect. Yeah, the rivalry that they had going on was like, just felt like classic old school, just like, you know, two dudes just fucking chewing the scenery, hamming it up, like crazy. Sammy, I, I, like, and all the props to Sammy Zayn, Sami Zayn made this work as a wrestling <laughs> match, he's really good, I love Sammy. so yeah. he's been doing this, like, awesome character where he's like a conspiracy theory, and sorry, a conspiracy theorist where, like, anytime he loses, he just blames it on this conspiracy in WWE against him, because like, because I'm French-Canadian, Bob, like, he just blames some random reason, he's been fucking awesome, he's hilarious, so this whole thing worked as, like, Gaga, basically, you know what I mean. Yeah. Bring the, bring the fucking, bring the rubs in. Table full of mouse traps. Oh yeah, <laughs> stop the giant sign mouse was, Yeah, the giant mouse <laughs> the trap. Giant is mouse so trap ridiculous. Again. It didn't even work. Right? You didn't no. even fucking care. It like Who misfired cares. at the end, but like, you're like, whatever. Oh. This is just fucking entertaining as shit. The stop sign. That stop sign did not give. Like, nope. <laughs> straight nope. up, like, not fake or anything like that. Like legit stop sign that you would pull right off the fucking street that. I think Knoxville fucking beat Zane over the back with. Yeah. Uh, like your know, trash cans, fucking like cookie sheets and shit like that. And then <laughs> I was like surprised that there weren't like some and a cheese grater involved at the end. But now that you're telling me they can't do that shit in WWE, I guess that's Well, fine. If they don't want them to bleed. They don't do that kind of stuff. So like, yeah. uh, I think if anybody was going to bleed, the only thing I thought might've had blood in it this weekend was Brock Roman because they've been basically selling that as some kind of fucking horrible blood feud at this point. Yeah. The preamble for Brock Roman was like they're going to war. Basically, at this point, and then Roman got hurt, and that was it. So yeah, so yeah, and, and like you said, all the great fucking cameos, like Chris Pontius just runs into the ring and starts doing yeah. his like party boy thing, and like gets naked. Wee man start like is like under the S- ring and comes out fucking and super, starts, awesome. like wailing on him and body slams Sami yeah. Zayn. <laughs> totally slams him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, and then cool. then Knoxville did like a fucking pretty impressive tornado DDT. Yeah, I was like, that was like good. That looked like good form to me. I know shit all about wrestling, but I was like, that looked right. He <laughs> got all of them, and Sammy sold it for him. So like, yeah, it looked pretty good. I was, like I, I mean, this is the kind of shit that like, as a wrestling purist, I'm kind of rolling my eyes at it. But I'm like, this is for the kids, man. Like, everybody's having a good time watching this shit, yeah. and like, I know, and in my head, as soon as I saw it Johnny off, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Tim's into this fucking nonsense. Like, so he's <laughs> gonna be all on board for this. <laughs> But that's, like, honestly, I think I the primary reason why I didn't get into Jackass, because it just felt like backyard wrestling stunts, basically. And I was like, I was already, I did that shit when I was a kid to myself. Like, you know what (laughs) I mean? I didn't have to do any of this stuff. We we were thinking about me and my cousin were both, we talked about being wrestlers at one point, like, being pros, like, doing this nonsense. He's like, you can talk, and we can be a tag team. And I'm like, sure. I'm on board. Yeah. So there you go. So.
1: Yeah, that one. That one was
0: fucking blast. It was it was what fifteen minutes long of just fucking insanity, and ultimately, ultimately, Johnny knocked one. They had like some of the other Jack, like uh, Jeff Tremaine, who's like the director of all the Jackass movies and shit. Like that was Mm -hmm. in the the, never made it in the ring, but like out on the apron and shit like that. And somewhere around in this general vicinity, they showed. I thought The Rock was going to show up because they showed his mom and his wife and daughter. In oh, yeah. the front row and i was like oh shit is rocky there nope no rock i'm so disappointed <laughs> nope. by that don't show them i guess rocks one, rock's older daughter with his first wife is in nxt now like she's training not on tv okay. yet but she's training to be a wrestler so yes. kind of cool you know what we didn't talk about the opening of any of this shit because like didn't the first night stephanie mcmahon come out and talk and then like you're to to some first night. I don't Andy. give a shit about any of that. That's why. See, my thing was uh, we didn't talk about Triple H retiring, basically. Also oh the yeah, beginning. Triple H did. He came out at the start of the second night and just fucking like drank in the audience for like 20 minutes straight. And <laughs> At this point, I was literally thinking to myself like, I could have watched like a one and a half to like two hour edit of each night and not have missed anything important. Nope. No, no. And he was totally just coming out to say welcome to Wrestlemania and like leave his boots in the ring because he uh, he had a yeah. heart incident in the past year and has been forced, like he's never going to be able to wrestle again. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I love like Hunter's one of those guys from the Attitude era, like he wrestled Austin and The Rock. Like, I do, yeah. I'm yeah, you know, so he was. I know the name and I know sort of his uh, shit and stuff like that. Legit, and yeah. like his like Motorhead entrance music, maybe the best fucking entrance music of all time. Like that the game that he came out to. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. Like that's the best entrance music ever. Aside from the glass shattering, which is just like, yeah. I mean, the music doesn't matter, but the glass great. like that's the fucking money on that. But the <laughs> I always like hearing Lemmy. You know, I miss him. So yeah. Triple H coming out to Lemmy still, and now sadly not coming out to Lemmy anymore. Ooh, yeah. but it's always nice to hear Lemmy. And it's sad to see Triple H So uh, The women's tag team championship was an excellent Yeah, yeah. So that one was four hundred people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's four tag tag teams. It was yeah. Sasha Banks and Naomi against. Carmella and Queen Zelina. My problem is like none of, the of these people names? have fucking tag names. Names, right? And so it's hard it's, for me to. This is all thrown together at the last minute to get all these ladies into the fucking yeah. WrestleMania I think. Because <laughs> like right now, there's like like Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley's weird lesbian relationship is happening like on Raw or something like that. And like I'm just invested because okay. I like Rhea Ripley a lot. I like her. She was good. Yeah, she's awesome. Natalia and Shayna Baszler. is Canadian. She's the the heart lady that we were talking yeah, about yeah. earlier. And Shayna Baszler, who's like a shoot like UFC kind of or a Bellator person, something like that. They're all mm-hmm. very good. And then, like, Carmela and Queen Zelina, Carmela's married to one of the announcers, Corey Graves, the, oh, okay. the douchey dude with the tattoos, uh, the heel announcer who wasn't there when McAfee wasn't there. Oh, okay, gotcha. She's married to them, and then Sasha and Naomi just got kind of thrown together, and I guess they're now, they're tag They won, right? Yeah, it was Sasha Banks and Naomi won in the end. But, like, Carmella and Zelina were basically a thrown-together tag team, too. This match was bullshit. Like, it didn't matter. But, like, everybody got to work in, and Sasha got to do her shit. and Sasha's the best. So, yay, Sasha's got a belt. Actually, Sasha broke her undefeated streak at WrestleMania, too, or her... Losing streak? Yeah, her losing streak at WrestleMania. She'd never won a match at WrestleMania before, and she got the pin tonight, which is cool for Sasha. I'll make okay. Sasha, Mark. I have a little bit of a crush on Sasha Banks, so... <laughs> I mean, she was the only one in this whole fucking thing that I knew because yeah, she's been role. on. Yeah, because she was in Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that was it was, it was just fucking chaos. Because yeah, like, I I'm, I'm never like this. I had no clue what was going on. Like, who was able to tag tag in who? Because there's only ever supposed to be two people in the ring. Yeah. So like, when there's fucking four different teams, how yeah, the hell? Anybody can tag in anybody else's partner and shit. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And if you don't know who any of these people are, like, it's kind of hard to be invested in anything. I figured, like, I, I pointed Sasha Banks out to you specifically to kind of point you in Sasha's direction. Yeah. Because yeah, you know yeah. who she is. But other than that, the only person I have any investment in is Rhea Ripley. And that's just because, like, her looks perfect. She's, like, yeah. the perfect looking for Both her and uh, Liv Morgan, like, with their fucking, like, latex. like. Yeah. Liv Morgan had, like, the, the, yeah, the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman yeah. look going on. And, Yeah, they both came out in fucking pink, like, fetish masks, basically. I was like, are you still trying to tell me this is a family event? Wow, some of this stuff, yeah, that was, well, that's what I mean. They do little hints to stuff where it's, like, people try to get away with certain things. Rhea Ripley is definitely doing some shit to get away with right now. And, like, she's, like, I don't know what that storyline with her and Liv Morgan is right now, aside from that they're both hot blondes. And, like, that's basically the (laughs) storyline, I guess. Cool oh yeah and carmella had like that creepy fucking mask because like she's too pretty and they really? can't with yeah. her face and shit that was yeah. fucking terrifying yeah. uh, there's also some like old school like slap fighting and tantrums and stuff like yeah, that yeah. in that match too and i was just like what the hell is that eight thing? women in 10 minutes you know what i mean like you gotta yeah. just like <laughs> something's yeah. gonna turn into a fucking mask so anyways now we get to the edge versus aj styles yeah like my biggest disappointment of the weekend i was this is a match i was fucking looking forward to because edge is one of my all-time favorites canadian boy edge from toronto and uh aj styles is like one of the best of all time and man they lay around the ring for this fucking 15 minute match. eh? i literally said like yeah they were both like felt like they were spending like half their time in the fucking back in the ring and like also, did the, has The Edge always had a face like a skeleton, or is that yes. a more recent development? Okay. No, he's always I can, like that. Remember, His eyes are sunken in is all-shit yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah this is the one where AJ Styles was already fucking bleeding before he came, as he came out. Yeah, he never told us why. They were like, the announcers are saying, like, we'll try and figure out what's happened there, and there's nothing. Yeah. just like you picked a scab too hard or some shit. I, don't know. I didn't see anything about it on Reddit or anything like that. I didn't look. I was so disappointed in the match that I was like, nah, oh, you know what, fuck it. I'll wait till Edge's next fucking rivalry, I guess. Because, like, he'd been fine in matches up, like since his return previously, and I this was the weird one for me. Because, like, yeah, like I said, I'm a big fan of Edge, but, like, I don't know what he was doing tonight. Like, just kind of laying around. And then, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was expecting this to be a classic. And it was just, like, a 25-minute like lay around fest. Yeah, it went on forever mm-hmm. and, like, there's a lot of buildup for it, and it just just ended up seeing like a couple like fucking heels just going at it, and they're both like yeah, timing like it Edge. up. And I, by the end, I was just like, man, I think it might be time for the Edge to take a bow. Well, like Edge, it was so weird. The last time I saw Edge was at Royal Rumble. So I've been watching, base like more like I've been paying attention since Rumble, basically, and I watched the Rumble. He had a match there where he was like the big, glowing baby face, and he, he had a match with his wife Beth Phoenix, is Edge's wife and they had a match with The Miz and his wife, Maurice, and they were, like, the big baby faces, like, Team Grit, like, we're having a good time, kind of, like, wrestling together as a family, and then, like, I get the Mania, and he's gone, like, full-on Undertaker, Lord of Evil, heel, and I'm like, oh, I must Mm -hmm. have missed something on SmackDown, because when did it turn heel on me? But okay. I don't know what the fuck. There was more shit on Raw about him, like, making a stable, basically, but I'm like, I don't, whatever. I'm checking out post-Mania, like, Rock's going away, Mark goes away, kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And the Edge was like, just, I mean, he's one of those dudes that I kind of am vaguely familiar with, but don't really give a shit about. So, yeah. I was just like, whatever. Just- I knew who he was. Like, I was a fan back in the day, like pre, like his pre-retirement. He retired in 2011 from a neck injury and was able to come back miraculously a couple of years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I was so, like psyched to hear Edge come back, and Edge is awesome. I just this match didn't do much for me. He's done. He's done better since he's come back. So, meh. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. So hopefully, we'll get to see another good one out of him before he leaves. I'll always go check in for an edge match, basically. If he's got a match on pay per view, I may not watch the whole pay per view, but I'll watch that edge match because he's Edge. So that was the longest match of the fucking weekend, Weekend. which was immediately followed by the shortest match of the weekend, just the SmackDown tag team match. Yeah. And it was Seamus and Ridge Holland against the New Day. The New Day are those that the like that like and that show up at cons and shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. big fucking nerd dudes. Okay, that's what I thought, and I was like, oh cool, I like kind of recognize these guys, like cause yeah. they always they show up at Dragon Con sometimes and yep. shit like that, and I've heard good things about them, and so like I was kind of hoping to see more of New Day, and then it was all over in like a minute forty. Well, they just had a weird run because the third member of the New Day, Big E, was injured recently, like badly. Like he got, I think they kind of mentioned it going into the match. They were wearing gear to kind of honor him because he broke his neck. In a title mm. match like last month or something like that, and that was real, not, not yeah, like like shoot broke his not neck. Not story like, shit. They actually like had him like in the fucking drilled in kind of like restrained post surgery, like doing Twitch video for? actually did they not show it during this? They showed they they showed him getting carried away, and okay. he was in either way. Me, I don't know. They might have showed him like in the full on like race, like after surgery or whatever kind of thing, but I I might have missed it. I don't know. I thought they I saw that at some point during the weekend. But again, I watched like five times as much shit as you did this weekend. So it might have been on the <laughs> Hall of Fame or something too. I don't know. Either way, like, yeah, it's like two minutes worth of nonsense. And the New Day ate the pin. So well, great. they ate it because of like, and it was one of those like matches where there was some cheating shit that yeah, the ref didn't see. And yeah. And so, man. and like, I don't like, I hate Sheamus. I've always hated Sheamus. He drives me crazy. How are you going to do some shit like this? Like at WrestleMania, at like the second or third like last no oh, i guess third last like event of the night kind of thing like make this the first what first like you know first or second event of the evening kind of thing right like it just it took all the window sales between I mean, edge and aj styles kind of did as well Well, but. this whole night second night was kind of like very lackluster compared to the first night i thought overall like comparing the nights like i was eh. just like everything after fucking giant Knoxville. i was just like eh, i'm pretty sure i've seen my favorite part of this night of this uh of the entire event now, so. Well, I mean, like Austin, Austin McMahon was basically like the, the highlight of this for me this yeah. night because the the title match was a little wasn't exactly what I was hoping it would be. Um, like it seemed like it was cut short by a couple minutes. So, yeah. They bring they brought Undertaker back out again second, oh, yeah, second, night, second just night just to like yeah. just to parade him around for like fucking ten minutes with his loose skin and his scraggly rat tail. I was like, I really need to watch this. You don't. You don't want to, but the crowd at the arena didn't see him yesterday, right? Like they might not have been there. Yeah, not everybody was there for both nights, right? So. Well, it's same with Austin. I'm pretty sure the reason why Austin came out and got the tried and stun, Mr. McMahon. Cool. <laughs> oh, will talk about that shortly. It was a whiffed stun. And Austin was yeah. laughing about it in the ring. He whiffed it so fucking bad. That was awesome. I mean, McMahon took the blame for that one. Like, like he knew what, what he had done. Yeah, McMahon did not lean into it at all. McMahon wiped out. But yeah. So the next yeah. thing was basically like Pat McAfee, who's been like the SmackDown announcer recently. Yeah. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. And Pat McAfee had like this whole thing where like Pat McAfee is like lifelong WWE, WWE fan, fan and has been dreaming about being in the ring. And McMahon finally said, yes, you can be in the ring. And I get to pick your opponent. And I can't shit on Pat McAfee at all. Like I've been watching his, like he's been interviewing WWE guys recently on his podcast, which is very entertaining if you're like into his, brand of horse shit with like he's great number one podcast in the world we are like the the dirt beneath his boots basically <laughs> uh in comparison numbers wise all 14 <laughs> people listen to our show and all 14 million people listen to his show so he's good he's into it he wants to be there he fucking committed trained in the ring <laughs> i i like pat mackie i was having a good time this this was all schmoz and horse shit this is showbiz stuff at this point again right like Vince is yeah. trying to get this Austin Theory kid over as his protege. But blah, he's blah. really like, they've really framed him, it seems like, as kind of the like Gen Z entitled prick, right? As yeah. Austin Theory like feels like he should have everything given to him because yeah. he's like, I'm never a fan of that like reductionist kind of bullshit. You know, I get it. I get it. It's perfect because he's yeah. supposed to be the bad guy. Like that. that that's why I love this shit. Because, yeah. like, you get to have these characters that you're supposed to hate and you use it as shorthand to make a heal. And that's great. Like, that's way you do this So you immediately hated him because he has all these fucking things about him that you hate in real life almost like he's doing his job properly tim <laughs> no, it was it was more like i don't like that you know let's fucking just paint all of gen z with this brush oh, kind yeah, of thing yeah. and make him the make him you know the fucking icon for gen z in the in the entire league right and like sit you know project everything thing that people think that's bad about gen z onto this one fucking dude that's what i'm like not crazy about (laughs) Eh, it's wrestling man and again like i i don't have any history with pat mcafee he just i couldn't really tell very well like who was you know doing the commentary at any time just because i'm not familiar with it like i was getting this impression that he was like the douchebag guy that was like always kind of like given the, the like the shit take right like he was the dude that was like oh, this guy's totally, you know, dominating this match. And then the actually guy that knows what he's talking about is like, what fucking match are you watching, idiot? Like, you're totally wrong kind of thing. I don't know. I've enjoyed having him on SmackDown. He's been pretty good. Like, he's, it's just like the enthusiasm. All of the other announcers sound like milk toast and exactly the same now. Pat yeah. McAfee basically came in and, and he's so big. like he's So like, he's a former NFL football player. He's retired. He's made, he's a millionaire. Yeah, he be a kicker or something, right? He should be a kicker. Yeah, so like, He doesn't need this money. He's doing this because he fucking wants to, basically. So he can go on SmackDown and tell Vince, like, you don't get to yell at me. I'll just fucking leave. (laughs) And so he gets to (laughs) say whatever he wants. And for that reason, he's become this breath of fresh air on all this WWE programming that's very kind of like, they're very corporate now. Like, have you not noticed the announcing basically repeats? Like, everybody's full name, Seth freaking Rollins every time. Like, (laughs) everything's very, like, locked in. He's the reason, like, I like him because he's not having to do that. Like, he Mm -hmm. gets to be the different voice so i don't know i'm kind of like marking out for him because he gets to not suck as an announcer (laughs) where everybody else is forced to suck keep their jobs or whatever yeah i will say you know especially watching this on my own without other people around like you know i I was very respectful slash i don't know patient (laughs) (laughs) sympathetic to the the commentators in terms of the amount of work they have to be oh to like, like really ramp up the tension and ramp up the drama and like, you know, fill the story in during the match and that kind of thing. And And that's the thing too, like I don't necessarily need to listen to the commentary to know what's going on in a match. I've been watching this shit pretty hardcore for like a long time, right? Like I'm hmm. very familiar with the ins and outs of like even the way the storylines kind of work. I don't need to listen to them to tell me what kind of bullshit angle they're working right now. But it's helpful for the for the new guys, right? Like having the announcers yeah. kind of tell you what's going on is useful. So I was actually curious. I was going to ask that's something I had written down to ask you after. Like, did the announcers help you at all? Like, were they good enough at yeah. just constantly dumping information at you that you kind of got enough context to understand what was happening and stuff? So, yeah, they were good at, you know, there were some times where I was just, like you said, there were some matches I never really got to invested in. And I feel like that's, you know, partly the performers and partly the commentators who are also performers, right? But yeah, you know, the, the commentators weren't really doing their jobs right or weren't really like, you know, Building up properly, or weren't given the right context, or whatever. But I would say over half the time, I was they were. I, I found it helpful. It's Kind of like me making you read Daredevil, where like I throw you <laughs> in the deep end of the MCU, and you just kind of got like, or not the MCU, actually the Six One Six, and you just kind of kind of cope with it. That's kind of what this was. Yeah. So but anyway, in the, in the match itself, I I felt like McAfee was selling it. He's trying, but he's not that great. Enthusiastic like, about half the time he was selling it well. The other half the time, you can tell he's pretty fucking green. Yeah, and then McAfee ends up winning, so big fucking dream for him and everything. Yep. But then, fucking Mr. McMahon comes out and tries so weird too. Tries to take on McAfee, takes his fucking shirt off, and it looks like any part of his skin could just like fall off at any any given moment. Like he's got that paper thin fucking old man skin. To be fair, still. He's out of the in water in right terms now. of the, yeah. <laughs> the muscle he's got on his on his bones. Yeah, ultimately they kind of go at it, but not really. Austin Theory comes and like takes down McAfee and then yeah, and pins McAfee. And then the glass shatters. Then there's another beer commercial where Stone Cold comes out and has a beer with Vince McMahon or Mr. McMahon and does the worst worst stunner i've now, ever seen in my life this is interesting because yes absolutely the worst stunner i've <laughs> ever seen in the history of every stunner <laughs> the first time he stunned vince was arguably just as bad oh yeah both were both terrible no, no 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 like back in the 90s vince still couldn't like vince was in his 40s and he still couldn't figure out how to sell a fucking stunner so this yeah. is basically just like oh wow it's exactly the same 30 years later, nothing's changed yeah, or whatever, and right? And is still fucking hopeless. Yeah, still can't fucking like work in the ring. But like, yeah. this wasn't, this is was just to send the, the kids home happy, man. Again, like yeah. Stone Cold was there. Stone Cold comes out. Vince, Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mr. McMahon, I guess I should say in this instance, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is like the biggest money drawing feud rivalry. in the history <laughs> of pro wrestling. Like, there's no bigger feud ever. Austin McMahon is the biggest thing that'll ever happen in pro wrestling, probably ever, at this point. Nobody's like ten million people were watching this these two idiots spill beer all over each other and <laughs> bleed and all kinds of dumb shit. Yeah, Man, it was fun TV to watch back then. So it was really cool, like twenty years later, like they, they had their last interaction. Austin forced him to eat another stunner and Pete barely ate it, you know. still flopped out of the ring like a dead fucking goldfish and the other two guys around him sold the stunner so much better than Vince. Like, like yeah. Austin Theory popped up like a fucking top, like he was a cartoon character, like yeah, in Looney Tunes. And then McAfee did a, another very cartoonish sell that was yeah. different, but also perfect. So I was like, well, Vince can't even get touched for the stunner, but the other two guys fucking rocked it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you could see Austin go like, that's gonna be my last stunner in front of a WWE crowd. That can't be it. So he had to go pull McAfee in and be like, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I'm fucking stunning you anyway. But there was that awesome shot that I really liked the back of the afterwards pouring the beer in his mouth after being stunned. Yeah. Which I thought was like, you know what? That shot makes this whole fucking <laughs> schmazz worth it. Yeah, there's so much. Like, they must have gone through <laughs> two cases of beer just oh, okay. in that <laughs> fucking like. Every tentative. second with Austin. Like, he's just catching. Like, what is impressive is his ability to catch them sometimes. Like, he's just he snag he them. A couple, but he, he drops a lot, but like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he'll grab them and like, fucking. Lion, he's good at it so yeah, I don't know yeah. anyway we're almost <laughs> done yeah. this is the, the last match the main event of the second evening was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar two belts on the line here Yep. Roman Reigns is the universal champion and Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion and now I know what those mean kind of and I, I'm sorry to say Mark I have no investment here whatsoever I have no idea who, who either of these dudes are so all this just feels totally oh, flat, and unearned to me. They put on a decent show. It was pretty short. I felt like for the last oh my God, hurt. event yeah. of the night, yeah. twelve minutes. And uh, but it was they were it was intense. Like they're both dripping, yeah. fucking sweat and kind of thing. Yeah, in the end, Roman Reigns. Brock I, I almost should have made you do a little more research on these two guys because this is kind of like this is the main event. So like, it's for me. I was invested. In, this is the only angle I'm really invested in at this point. So I'm fucking. I love Brock Lesnar. I just love his nonsense, like, i just toss guys around like ragdolls, I'm a human, fucking cheat code, you. I can do whatever <laughs> I want, I'm the yeah. god king of WWE, and then Roman running around doing, like, basically the best Hollywood rock shtick of all time, like, he's doing this tribal chief, like, I run the show, I am the show. He's doing Maui, basically, from yeah, I, fucking... <laughs> I mean, it is fucking working for me, like, both these guys are doing, like, the best work of their careers, I was just like, like Brock being insane cowboy Brock, and, like, pulling the fucking doors off the trucks, and, like, tossing awesome dudes around like they're like made out of paper is just the most entertaining thing of all time to me. And I always love a good cocky heel. Like the the what the heel that Roman's playing is like the tribal chief and acknowledge me and all that bullshit. Mm. I fucking love this kind of stuff. This is my favorite kind of heel is the champ who's just like way better than everybody else and yeah. just wants to remind you constantly. Basically the rock <laughs> So like I yeah, Roman getting hurt kind of fucked this matchup for me because I was expecting it to be like Did he get her, was it his leg that got hurt? His shoulder, when they he wrenched the shoulder, and they were talking about oh, it really did. Yeah, that's the thing is I can never tell because like half the time that's all drama, right? Is like oh, he's really fucked up his arm. So like I can never tell when it's actually real or not. I was like I got worried about it like that night when he was having trouble lifting the belt right after the match, and then Mm. it came out in the news that like yeah he's had some kind of trouble with his arm. They're not sure yet. I don't know exactly Mm. what it is. He's still like in the doc. They don't have to tell you. He doesn't have to wrestle for 40 days. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to wrestle for the next pay-per-view. And even then, they probably schmoz that to not have to do that. So, whatever. I don't know. I had fun with it. I wish it was longer. I'm all about watching Roman now, like Roman Two-Belts, wander around just being the cockiest prick of all time and finally having (laughs) to put Brock Lesnar down. That was fine. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, Brock's going away now. So, I'm probably going away now. This is probably the last, like, WWE, like, like, Brock like or something or, leaving, just or like just... in between big pay per view cycles, he's not around on TV. He costs a okay. lot of money to show up. He's a part timer. So, okay. yeah, doesn't show up every week. He's an event when he shows up. He's Brock Lesnar. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, did he put in his time at some point as like the weekly oh, yeah. dude or whatever? And now he's just like he just started like... out, like he came in right at the end of the Attitude Era. Um, So, Brock's history is like he's, he was an NCAA heavyweight champion, just like yeah, had, yeah. whatever, got recruited to WWE at like 20. Had won the WWE as well. In between. So he went to WWE immediately, won the title off the rock at SummerSlam in 2002, and was basically crowned like the new champion, next big thing, blah, blah, blah. Got sick of the grind. He doesn't like traveling of WWE. It's a Mm. massive fucking schedule that these guys do, like 300 days a year, constantly in a plane, blah, blah, blah. He hated it. So he left. He went and tried out for the NFL, got a walk on ticket to the Minnesota Vikings, which is basically impossible to do. Like he was on the walk on squad because he's a freak fucking athlete. And then, yeah, he decided, like, well, I didn't do football. I don't want to go do pro wrestling. Maybe I can go beat the shit out of people for a living. And he called Dana White and joined UFC. And he won the heavyweight title twice, I think, during his run at UFC. Retired because of diverticulitis. Like, couldn't shoot fight anymore because he had a chunk of his intestine removed. And was like, well, I can go make a bunch of money now, working for Vince again, probably part-time. Because now, I like, people legitimately are going to think I'm a terrifying demon of man. 'cause I was the <laughs> UFC shoot fighter champion, heavyweight champion twice. So yeah, he came back to WWE. His first match back, he almost killed looked like he killed John Cena. Like, like <laughs> Cena was gushing blood everywhere. So it was yeah. Brock came back and like he's been doing like the, the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar thing for since he's been back in Suplex City and all that stuff. He's been very entertaining. He's been this run up to him like Cowboy Brock being like crazy, just like I can do whatever I want Brock has been a lot of fun. So I was on board. You can cut as much of this as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so that was WrestleMania 38. Let's I don't know. <laughs> you you can probably rate this compared to other WrestleManias. So let's like we normally do give this WrestleMania a score out of ten And your final thoughts, Mark. This is like oh it's weird to do like a score to ten. I'd say like I would give this WrestleMania an A overall. Okay. Like I give it like an eight. Like it was a very for WrestleMania. This is one of the best WrestleManias I've seen in the last 10 years. At least the first night. The first night was very entertaining. So I had a good time with it. I don't know if it's the best introduction. Two nice is a long slog. I definitely have like <laughs> thoughts about like, wow, why are we doing like there's a lot of product to consume in a weekend? And even if you're just doing like what you did and watching just WrestleMania, it's still eight hours. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot to ask of anybody. Um, even guys who are willing to sit down and watch like Infinity War and Endgame. Like eight hours <laughs> in a weekend of pro wrestling is a lot. Usually two hours a week, is pretty good for me. But is that is that where you kind of land to? Like that's kind of how lot? I ended up hitting. Yeah. Was like, yeah, this was a a big chunk to watch all at once after not having really paid attention to it for 25 twenty five years. years, kind of thing, right? Yeah. So see, the the best part is though, the next time you watch something that's WWE related, you're gonna know everything because it doesn't change that fast. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, like, after this, this was a big ghost for me. I don't know when I'm going to be looking for more kind of thing. Like, Less unless, thing. you know, if it's the sort of thing where, like, you know, you're like, hey, let's come over and watch, watch SummerSlam or something, like that. Yeah. I'll cash like, yeah, or sure, whatever, which Do is a just possibility. For the, the, the social, you know, side of it kind of thing. But, you know, I, am I going to be sitting down and <laughs> watching fucking Raw or SmackDown? No, definitely not. Even I won't be going back and watching Raw. This is where I check out. I love WrestleMania season because it's fun. You get to like the show and glitz and glamour of the big show at the end of it and all that kind of stuff. But after that, I'm like, I don't need to watch this week in, week out. Raw's three hours long every Monday night. It's exhausting to sit through. So that's Raw's three hours and then SmackDown's two hours. And if you watch NXT, that's two hours also on Wednesday. But you don't really have to watch that too much. But then there's a pay-per-view once a month a lot of product to take on like, like they've got a lot of product yeah i mean this shit is like so badly padded you know i'm yeah. sure that there's there's a lot of this stuff th- that's happening that's a big thrill for the people that are there in person but like it just doesn't do fuck all for me sitting at home yeah. i was really just sitting there being like man i just really could have watched the highlights of this and i would have enjoyed it a lot more just because the ratio of yeah things content. happening so, yeah. yeah exactly so like you know, if I'm trying to see, especially the Sunday show ended up feeling like a quarter of it was like recapped from the previous night kind of thing, right? Sunday, especially like, Holy because shit. the Sunday the Sunday card itself, like the live action card, was so like lackluster compared to the first night. Like there was three solid matches in a row on the first night. Like from Bianca, Belair, Becky Lynch, and Cody and Seth and Charlotte and Rhonda. And then you get Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Like that last chunk, like these are all really good matches. Everything's really well told and then you get Stone Cold coming out and it doesn't do anything for you. But like for me as a nostalgia bomb, Stone Cold coming out is fucking crazy. So that I was grinning from ear to ear like a child, basically, with Stone Cold. So that was that worked for me. The second night, fuck, I wish that title match had been better. That probably would have helped the second night with me a lot if Roman and Brock had like been a little bit more of like a big fucking bloodbath, yeah. basically. So. so so if I'm giving this thing a score, like I you know, I guess I could say I was Probably generous to say that I was entertained for sixty percent of the time that I spent watching this. Yeah. So I'll say six out of ten. Fair enough. But you know, like I said, if I maybe just sat down and like, I'm sure that there are people that do like edits of these that are like, oh, here's like you know the two hours that you actually have to watch, kind yeah. of thing that actually matches and not just like Undertaker walking around for fifteen minutes kind of thing while people just adulate them <laughs> There's definitely like I definitely thought about making like having you just go like just watch the matches like you know skip these ones while like do a kind of curated look at it but it's not really that felt like I got the full experience I just didn't I didn't really dig the full experience well, and that's totally fair cuz like even <laughs> me who is a, like generally a fan of this stuff like after like by the end of like the midway through the second night like by the end of that edge match I was like well I'm kind of done like I don't know what else to... <laughs> I was to smoke a lot before like I could get into like Roman and brock and then roman and brock was kind of cut short and i was like ah, uh, yeah uh, well anyway all right oh. so with that we can move on to our final segment mark finally got me to watch some wrestling so we'll do it again at some point i can't guarantee it's going to be anytime soon but no, probably not. <laughs> so yeah we'll go to our final segment which is geek red where each of us just recommend something we think you might like mark what's your geek Cred this week uh spoilers but devil's reign six came out this week so the devil's reign story has wrapped up i read it t- this afternoon i want to reread it before i really give like a comment on it but i enjoyed the whole run i just marco chiquetto on pencils man like i'll just watch that guy draw fucking anything basically at this point so yeah uh that that dirtable run is basically tied up now so maybe finish <laughs> it up yeah talk about it more when it's not like spoil. like it literally just came out on wednesday i don't want to be like ripping spoilers right away so so my geek cred for this week is something that aligns well with WrestleMania, but I didn't realize it was going to. Last weekend after I got high to fucking record our Orbeez episode, because that was the only S- way I was going to get through it. Sweet I was like, Jesus. I was like, yeah. what would be fun to watch high right now? And I had Jackass Forever sitting there waiting for me. And so I sat there and watched Jackass Forever. Speaking of fucking dudes that know how to take a goddamn hit, <laughs> like, holy shit. It was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, there was some new blood in there. There was a lot of the old crew and shit just doing crazy fucking shit. And I said, I, I was, I've been into jackass since like the can't kill yourself era, like C- CKY era, like the pre jackass days. Yeah. And it was, yeah, just a lot of fun fucking. Knoxville, if you haven't heard about it, like takes a massive hit from a fucking bull where he just oh, yeah. He, yeah. concussion fucking like doesn't remember it at all. Like and they kind of that's like the the big stunt at the end of the movie. And do- Knoxville doesn't do much, you know, because he's fucking like 50 or something. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. And so surprisingly mobile, actually, though. Actually, that's one thing I can say about him is his mobility is pretty good for a guy who's been doing that shit for as long as he's been doing it from the number of fucking, like, broken bones and shit that he's had, because he like Yeah, he's still probably move. taking injuries like a lot of pro wrestlers and he's still out there doing this dumb shit. Most of those guys, like, Austin is retired and he's about the same age as Johnny Knoxville and Austin can barely fucking walk without knee braces now, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Knoxville has the benefit of, like, not being a big bulky dude, so, like, he's not yeah. carrying around all that bulk, which also contributes, especially, like, to shit like leg and back knee injuries, right? Like, half of the reason that you know big i mean as you know like half yeah. the reason like big dudes get injured is because they've got a lot of weight that they're carrying around just mass that they're carrying around yep my back and hips are currently doing that right now i'm getting yeah. old so there you go <laughs> so, yeah, so jackass forever was a fucking blast i absolutely recommend it if you you know have been waiting on it or whatever all right so with that we finish off this week's episode thank you very much for listening if you would like to talk to us about anything we discussed on the podcast today, WrestleMania, any of the news, any of our geek thread or geek of the week, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance or dance podcast. You can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast. You can tweet at me directly at drd underscore Tim. You can tweet at Mark at m underscore roulette. You can find Mark on Instagram and his work at mt underscore roulette. And you can email us at dance or dance podcast at gmail.com. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on a Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And most places, the podcast can be found. With that, we will say good night. Say good night, Mark. Acknowledge me. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know any of these fuckers like taglines or anything. I can't fucking. I have no. Oh loud. man, really? No, <laughs> acknowledge me. I guess I, I guess I can go. You know, old school. Rest in peace.